How are you guys? Good, good. How are you? Good, mate. Good. You got back to the hotel? Yes, sir. I'm all seated now. <laughs> Catherine, how are you? I'm all right. Ready for this. I've... There's a little bit of an echo that I'm hearing. Uh, I think it's from probably your probably, end. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, very... moved, I've moved the mic away. So if my mic is too loud or it's echoey, always let me know. Um, and I'll fix it from okay. my end. Um, Seems good I've, now. So I've, yeah. I've co-hosted you and I've co-hosted Ian as well. Just so you could um, bring up all the um, – you could bring up all the uh, uh, journalists, the speakers you've invited because uh, you've got their handles. That will be great. Okay. I'm doing that right now. Yeah. Sending speaker invites. And for everyone requesting to speak, we'll just gradually bring people up and rotate the panel. May rotate the co-hosts as well. Someone recommended we try that out. Ian, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. You finally got your 10 hours of sleep. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Took me a while, but (laughs) 10 hours. Yeah. Because I see, do you schedule tweets? Because your tweets don't stop. You there, Ian? He just doesn't sleep. I don't know. Does Ian. It... Ian, we can't yeah, hear you. Yeah, I don't know you. if you're speaking, Ian. We can't hear you, man. Ian. <clears throat> oh, uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, it's good now. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I had Max, and it was goofing up. So, uh, what did you ask me? I missed I said, that. do you schedule your tweets? Because your tweets just don't stop. You've always got tweets going on. Uh, no, I don't. I'm just on here. I, you know... Because I remember we did the space last time, and you, um, uh, you, you said you're going to bed, and then all I see, I, I, yeah. I go to bed, and it takes me, and I stay in bed a couple of hours working, and all, I just keep, you, I keep seeing you tweet and tweet and tweet. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, this guy's got. It's hard to get away from it. Insomnia at, at its peak. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Oh, let me just invite. I would. Go ahead, yeah, bro. you know, I wouldn't say I have insomnia. I can sleep at any time. I can sleep sitting up if I want to. Shit. Okay, well, then you're lucky. I have insomnia. Oh, that sucks. Um, all right, so, so Catherine, how are we going with uh, the guest? Connor, I've yeah, sent, I'm I've sent an invite to Connor. Let me invite him again. So just for the audience, we're just inviting all the uh, all the special guests that we have today. And we've got... Do we want to add uh, Steve? Yeah, of course, Good. bro. Of course, you can add anyone you like. Okay. Right, let me send an invite. So I'm going to DM an invite to Kathy Connor. Connor's got an invite already via DMs. Kathy. Yeah, I invited everyone else, and I sent them DMs uh, just to let them know. But yeah, I don't know. I wonder if there's a glitch because I did try to invite them up. Some of the people who are in the room, and they show up as in the room, and they're not coming up. So I don't know if there's a an issue there. I just invited mm-hmm. uh, Steve and Piotr. Perfect. Piotr, how are you, man? Yeah. I think it's still connecting. Uh, so, Connor, um, you can DM me, guys. I've just sent you all a, a, a DM. So, if Connor, Kathy, and Reed. Uh, uh, Reed is oh, in. Beautiful. Reed's right, in. Reed is in. Uh, Connor, you've got an invite. I can see you in the audience. And Kathy, you have an invite. Let me DM her. Oh. Yeah. So we're just waiting for Kathy. Ed will be joining in a few minutes as well. And we're just waiting for Connor because I know Connor is glitching because he's in the uh, 
in the audience. There he is. Yeah. So Connor, if you could DM me what issue you're facing, uh, but it didn't let me in. All right. So so uh, just for I know Catherine, Ian, Catherine, you're not blocking uh, any of them, Connor or because uh, if you. I don't think so. What's what's Connor's name? Um, what's his last name? Uh, it's so username C O N O R six four. Oh, uh, Connor Friedersdorf, right? Uh, yes, yeah. 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 No, one no one should be and, blocking uh, that. No, uh, he's not. No, I <laughs> don't have him blocking. Uh, and, right. Ka- and the other one's <laughs> Kathy yeah, like Young 63. Kathy Young 63. Alright, let me. Let me... I wonder if Kathy Welcome, Young really? has me blocked. No, oh, yeah, yeah, guys, message them, make sure they don't have Ian blocked. Oh, okay. No. How do you check if someone has you blocked? I know who they are. Ah, okay. So I just checked their yeah their profiles. Yeah. No, Kathy would. I disagree with her on a lot of things, but we also agree on a lot of things as well. So having her here would be great. Connor is the same thing. Um, pretty sure I've interacted with them in the cool. past. They're both DMing me. They're trying to come up. Uh, so Twitter Spaces is doing what Twitter okay. Spaces does. I'll try inviting Please, them. Yeah, do I'll that. Do that as well. As well Connor, try works. to jump out, jump out, and yeah. Kathy, try to jump in, jump out of the space, close the app, and join yeah. join back in. And there's. Yeah, I see it. Connor's invited, but uh, yeah, he needs to accept it. Yeah, I yeah. think it's, it's via via DMs. Mm. Yeah, I DM them both. Okay, and Ed, I know is joining in a bit, so we'll just give him another couple of minutes. Twitter Spaces is wonderful, but it is also incredibly, incredibly glitchy. Unfortunately, yeah. it needs a it lot of work. Has gotten better. It has gotten better. I've invited uh, Chrissy Smith. I think she's a fantastic journalist. Cool. Kathy so. as well. Go through the audience. What happens in every space, as you know, we just yeah. get sudden surprises, sudden surprise guests. Mm-hmm. So the agenda of today's space should be a pretty interesting one. Is um, you know, I saw all the, you know, I've been keeping up with all the uh, backlash after Twitter's after Elon's or Twitter's suspension of people. Doxing others? You mean the Thursday night massacre? <laughs> yeah, I saw it on Wikipedia, man. That's so it's called on Wikipedia the Thursday ma- Thursday night massacre. Um, so I I've been keeping up, listening to both sides uh, of the discussion, um, and I think it will you know we'll we'll kick it off there, and I think it will expand to uh, a discussion about free speech in general. I know Alex is uh, going to be inviting either today or another show a few of the conservative uh, yeah. uh, journalists that were suspended. Uh, before Elon and reinstated in recent weeks, I know he did a great space with them as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it would be would be good when uh, when we get them on as well. Yeah. How did we go with uh, Connor and Kathy, Catherine? Uh, I am not hearing what the issue might be, so I don't know why they're struggling to. Come oh, hold on, hold on! I know what's happening. Oh shit! Do you know how the what? other they were were they suspended and they came back? No. Okay, none of them were suspended no. before. No. None of them. Okay, were so what they need to do, yeah. what they need to do is force close the app because that was if they're using an iPhone, force close the app. Let me yeah. tell them force close the app, and then join back in and rejoin. Should work. Restart the app. Uh, yeah. Restart the app info. All right. Yeah, I know that if you are running. Twitter and when Twitter Spaces broke, if you never restarted the app, it will not let you join Spaces. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. I forgot about that. So that means a lot of people in the audience will not be able to to join. Yep. It might be worth also um, clearing their cache 
Um, if they sort of reset the app in the menu, it can help as well on the iPhone. But if, if yeah. they restart their phone, it should work, no? Yeah, that yeah it should work too. because it worked for me. Well, for me, I need to force quit sometimes uh, Twitter in my apps and then uh, clearing the cache also helps as well, yeah. Hmm. So we'll give him a couple of minutes. Um, so in the meantime, we've got tomorrow's uh, debate is going to be a crazy one, Catherine. And it's going to be the COVID one that I delayed just to give me more time to prep. That's gonna be <laughs> the one that makes you really nervous. The one that makes me extremely nervous. I didn't know so your. Uh, t- Do you have people on both sides Mario. of the debate? You're a masochist, Mario. That's my name for you now, to be honest. <laughs> what was what was your so I'm curious, Mario, do you have people on both uh, sides of yes, the debate? Yes, or yes absolutely. There's one doctor that was suspended off Twitter. Um, what's his name, Jenny? The doctor that was suspended? That's not on the app. No, not... Peter Malone. There's a lot of them. There's a bit of bunch. That's not back. That's there's not Bhattacharya back. as well. Yeah, I'll let you, there's one that's not back yet. There's a whole bunch of them. There's a list of them. Um, and we've got them on... Um, on yeah, we've got, we've got ones that are pro-vaccine 100%. Others that are somewhere in the middle... Like Dr. Drew somewhere in the middle, and then you got others that are just completely against the vaccine. Do we have any health officers like, yes, you yeah. know, California's, uh, I, I, uh, I forget her name. Do we have any health officers joining tomorrow? Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, asking, asking. I'm asking the person that's organizing it next to me now. Uh, uh, Mario, I have one question because I assume the doctors are going to be able to handle the debate themselves. I know you said you're going to have a Pfizer board member. And if I don't get up, I'd really appreciate it if you asked the Pfizer board member. Uh, they have raked in record profits in the hundreds of billions. I've yet to see one ad for the vaccine on TV. I've seen public health officials. I've seen government officials, but not once. And when I turn on my TV for restless leg syndrome, I see an ad listing side effects that takes 10 minutes, may cause nausea, may make you gamble. May... I haven't heard one listing any of the side effects they admit exist now. So if, when the Pfizer board member's up there, I'd really appreciate if you ask him that question. Especially I'll, have it, since I'll have it ready. He's, I'll have it ready. Yeah. No problem. I'll have it ready. I have seen, um, I've seen an advert for the pill. I forget the name of the pill that they've been giving prodigals or pushing, like Vidarol or something. But that's all I've seen in regards to like any of the vaccine. Paxlovid, um, you mean? Paxlovid? Uh, possibly. Yeah, it's which causes be, rebound in some of the initial studies yeah, showing yeah, yeah, it was yeah, not yeah. that effective, but it still got approval and a lot of government money. But yeah, yeah, I know the pill. All right, guys. So, so just for the um, for the audience, we're gonna kick it off now. I've recently the invite to Kathy and Connor, so hopefully it works. Um, and we've got others that will be joining a bit later. Um, in the meantime, we're gonna be checking our DMs. So, if you wanna come up on stage, we may not see your request. Putting your hand up, so you could DM me. Um, and. Uh, uh, the team is checking them now. I'm just messaging them. And we can bring you up. So the, the purpose of this space, and maybe Ian and Catherine, you can start giving an overview for the audience. For anyone that doesn't know, we have two stories, really. And the main one we're going to be focusing on is on the, on the journalist that was suspended because of the, uh, let's call it the, the, the doxing uh, situation after Elon Jet got suspended. So from what I understand is um, a stalker, because a stalker followed Elon's family car. His son, his wife were there. I'm not sure if other kids were there. And he stopped the car and jumped on the, on the, on the roof of the car. And after that incident, a yep. day later, Elon announced a rule. I don't know if it's a new rule or an existing rule that anyone that doxes someone else live, that account, that, that's a breach of uh, 
the, the terms, terms and conditions? It's a clarification. It is a clarification of an existing rule that prevents you from doxing. Mm. So this is an existing rule. That's what people – it's an existing rule. Yeah, they just added you know, additional uh, details there to say, hey, this also includes – live doxing at people's locations. I mean, this is... Because previously, the rules are very nebulous, very vague. Uh, it was hard to tell if what was doxing, what was not. And it was kind of up to the Twitter moderator to decide what was. And that was an issue, but no one really made a fuss about it. Okay. And um, so after that, uh, the Elon Jet account got suspended. Where Was the, the, the others that track other jets, were they also suspended? Yes. Okay. They were all suspended, okay. yeah. It wasn't just the Elon jet. It was all the others okay, as well. Okay, well, that's, that's something important to mention. And um, so I'm just get, trying to give it an objective overview uh, before we get into the discussion. And um, afterwards, he suspended journalists. And that's where I get, it gets a, a controversial. He suspended journalists that were doing what exactly? Because uh, some people are saying they doxed. Other people are saying they didn't dox. And obviously, we have um, journalists on stage right now that can give us more clarity. But maybe... Well, obviously, they didn't link uh, to his location, but they did link to an article or to the Elon jet that had that information on there. And that is why he banned them. It would be no different than linking to, say, uh, you know, a public address website that has someone's uh, home address on it. There's no difference. Okay. So I, I want to kick it off with uh, Reed. Um, Reed, I'd love a quick introduction, man. I'd love your take on this and why is there so much, um, uh, you know, so much, I'm not going to use the word hate, but just a, a lot of controversy around this decision. Um, if it's an existing term, is it just because the, doc, the, the, the journalists didn't really dox, they were just reporting on a story? Is that the main issue there, Reed? Yeah, I think that's probably the main issue. Um, and hi, uh, little introduction. Um, I'm Reed Albergati. I'm the technology editor for Semaphore, which is a new, a new publication. Um, I'm based out, out on the West coast. Um, and I've been covering the tech industry for a while. Um, I think it's, yeah, I don't think that the, that these reporters were, you know, trying to dox Elon Musk in, in real time. Um, I do, you know, I, I wrote in my, in my sort of a column in the newsletter the other day, that I do, I am sympathetic to, you know, the concern of having your, you know, your private jet followed um, in real time on Twitter, every, you know, everywhere you go. Um, and I, I get that, you know, what happened to his son is really upsetting. And I'd be, I'm a father myself, I'd be incredibly angry. Um, but I, you know, I also think that, you know, his decision to, to just sort of quickly disable these accounts of journalists is, is really a turning point for Twitter. I mean, I don't think it'll, it'll be interesting to hear from the conservative journalists that you've invited on. Um, I'd love to hear their stories, but it does, this does seem like a new thing uh, on Twitter where, you know, you have journalists who are really, you know, I, I think for the most part, I mean, you know, some of them have said things on Twitter that are pretty snarky um, about Elon Musk. And, you know, have shown themselves to be sort of, have shown their biases, I guess you could say, uh, in covering the story. But, you know, for the most part, these are, these are fact-based journalists who are, you know, at reputable publications like the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN and, you know, whatever, whatever you think of their slant 
Um, so I, so I think, I think it's a different Twitter today uh, because while the content moderation in the past, I think has made mistakes and oftentimes gone overboard in the past, meaning before Musk took over, it was never just one person who's accountable to no one who can make decisions, you know, based on, based on their emotions in the moment uh, for who to, who to kick off the platform. May I offer a rebuttal? To yeah, what you just said? So I agree with like 50% of what you said, but I will contend that I don't think this is a new thing. Um, in the past, Twitter had kicked off a lot of conservative journalists. Uh, for instance, in your post, when they reported on the Hunter Biden story, uh, they were kicked off for publishing that under the claim that it was hacked materials, even though they were able to provide evidence uh, within the story itself that it was not a result of uh, hacked materials. It's provided to them legally. And beyond that, there's also the issue of Project Veritas. You know, whatever your views are on that uh, organization, uh, you cannot deny that they do do journalistic work and you may not like their findings, but they were banned, permanently banned, until Elon took over the company. So I don't think it's really anything new. And, and honestly, a 24-hour ban compared to what was essentially a, a one-year or two-year ban, is, is, you know, there's a big difference between that. Go ahead, Tracy. Um I would I would agree with with Ian as a journalist myself who was banned from the platforms uh, with a permanent suspension for breaking literally zero terms of service. This has been going on a long time. You just don't really feel it until it happens to you. And you tend to justify, I think, it happening to somebody who you disagree with because you feel like they deserve it. Um, and these weren't permanent suspensions, right? So it was a seven day ban is what he, he determined. And then he didn't even stick to that. I think he let everybody basically accept a few folks back on. Um, I don't see the benefit or how it's responsible to link to something that's showing real time information of a location of someone who is polarizing and a lot of people may dislike, um, or may have a problem with it. It's, there's no, there's no benefit to that information in terms of reporting, in my opinion. Um, I, I wouldn't do it just because I, I don't see what the value for the everyday reader would be other than to cause an issue. So my and issue with this is that we really have um, different journalists sort of committing different types of tweets. So there were some journalists who linked specifically to Facebook groups or or other places that did show the coordinates. And I think uh, a legitimate case can be made that they were sort of uh, going in violation of this new policy. However, uh, there were some journalists that I spoke to that didn't seem to violate that same policy. And uh, didn't like, for example, one journalist that I spoke to, like Matt, Matt Binder, for example, uh, uh, he said that, you know, all he did is a screenshot of uh, an NLAPD um, report. So what he did not sort of, uh, you know, whether you believe it's doxing or not, he did not like engage in any of that. That's so, his claim, right? That's his claim. Correct. It's his claim. Matt Binder's a liar. He, Matt Bender's a liar, just so you know. Well, you know. Ian, you can't, you cannot say that because no, I, mean, I can't say that. That's because your he has claim. Repeatedly lied about me, so I can say that. Well, okay, well, well you know, whether we lied or not. Lied? Well, that didn't take very long. <laughs> <laughs> that well, there? 
you you cut out. <laughs> Mario, no, I, just I can't hear you speak right now. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was speaking. Yes, yeah. so I said go ahead, Catherine. Sorry, I just I just because three people speak at the same time. I just muted all. I don't know yeah, why yeah. you muted me. Yeah. So and you were I saying. Think- yeah, so I think it's important to sort of, uh, you know, different, and, and here's the thing, whether you consider someone to be a liar or not, we don't actually have the evidence in front of us to, to declare either one way or the other. I do. And they were not I also. I call him a liar from personal experience. Hold on, Are you Ian. invalidating my lived experience? How dare you? I, I am invalidating. Okay, so, so we'll go, we'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll just go to, 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 okay, I thought, I'm glad I heard you laugh, Ian. I freaked out. I thought you were being serious. <laughs> I freaked oh, out for no. a second. <laughs> I'm serious about him being a liar, though. Yeah, so, but would you say, so would you say that if he, if he did lie about that one thing, but we don't know whether he lied, so he might exactly. be a liar, he might have lied. One lie does I mean, not he make. He has a history someone. of lying. He has a history of lying. Okay. But well, is it possible to, uh, just quick question, Catherine, like would it be possible nine. to actually, to verify this information? Like, cause he can't, cause if he tweeted something, the tweet is still there or it's been removed? It's probably been probably removed, removed, so I don't know. But we can, okay. and that's the thing, we don't, this is the problem that I have with This is word against with, ours. With, well, let's, this is what's been happening, though. We do not have sort of evidence, and also they, none of the journalists have been presented with the reasoning for the for their suspension that's at the time that it happened. Twitter. Which is like, well, that's the thing that was going on with Twitter 1.0. So Twitter 2.0 isn't really any better in that way. That's okay. you know, Catherine, I want to hold them to the same yet. standards. You, you can't you can't demand that you know Elon Institute. A whole bunch of changes to the back end of the system when he's still working on it. Clearly, it's well, he was claiming on. he was going to make it better, so he has to. Make he is it making it better. He is making it better, but he's not a he's not a you know a, a miracle worker. He can't just snap his fingers and fix Twitter overnight. There are a lot of issues with Twitter itself. You know this, right? I know there are a lot of things you have to do with it. So you can't say, "Hey, him, maybe you shouldn't suspend anyone because they don't tell people why they're being suspended." I'm uh, giving like, him leeway, but he's fair. also criticized the previous administration for this. So he's it's also fair to criticize him for these things. Uh, so Reed, so. I saw I, I saw you Let's jump in that. earlier, Reed. By the way, Connor dropped out, so I'll try to bring Connor back up. But Reed, I, know, I saw you unmute earlier. Oh yeah. Um... Well, I, one point I think you guys already made, which is like, I would love to just see all of these tweets. And it's really frustrating that by banning the accounts, we can't go back and see that yeah. history, right? And see, and see what, yeah. because I, it is my understanding as well that some of them linked to that account, the, the Elon Jet account. Aaron Rupard did, not. yeah. Aaron Rupard, um, she did. Like when he wrote his Substack, and I'm just uh, paraphrasing what he wrote, at first he was like, I have no idea why I'm being banned. Yada, yada, yada. I never linked to it. And then he actually posted an update to the Substack. You can go check it out on AaronRupar.substack.com where he said, like, uh, yeah, I accidentally, uh, not accidentally, sorry. I actually linked to the Facebook page that had all the Elon Jet lock tracking information. So, uh, he actually admitted why he got banned. Like, so uh, at least he's yeah. honest. Yeah. I, I would also really like to hear. But I'm talking, just so you know, guys, I'm actually, I'm actually, sorry, read just very briefly. I'm talking to Matt right now, um, about joining. He's on, uh, we're chatting on WhatsApp. Uh, so he cannot join spaces. It's glitching still. Um, so, uh, if he deletes and reinstalls the app, it fixed it for me. Try, he might have to actually delete it and reinstall it. And reinstall. Yeah. Thanks, Portal. Uh, uh, should work. I want to ask him why he looks like a Sasquatch. I was going to um, ask Tracy if she could t- tell her story because I do think I agree that you know, a college libeled a bakery went overboard with, with racist banning people, rates. and I think there was not but after enough transparency. These civilians, and I think that was a good point that Elon made. You know, as he was acquiring yeah, Twitter, and the price of being woke I mean, might be going you know, 
and Tracy, Ohio if you could, appeals court, you sort of said you were banned for recently that reason, but there's probably, a you know, there's probably like a more nuanced story or, or, or some more detail that you give us on, on that situation. I would love to, um, sure. To I actually was banned on January 8th um, three black of 2021 with, with the, whom was you know, thousands and thousands of other people. I'd actually Wait, never, so ever had a Twitter suspension or broken wine? a Twitter rule in my entire what tenure on Twitter, which was 2009. And so it, was a, it wasn't it was a shock to me that I was banned because there was a, a swath of censorship that just flooded the, the platform. But um, the reasoning behind it is what really got me. I didn't get a notification of a reason for quite some time. When it came, it said I was well, guilty of platform manipulation and spam, which was false. I'm I appealed like that. And then a few months later, I was um, slapped with the hateful dean of content uh, label. And, and that was untrue as well. Um, I think that there was just a wide-scale banning of conservative thought on the platform. And I don't think there's much argument there. Um, and I'm I'm against that. Like, if I don't, you know, I think everybody should be able to hear what other people's views are, regardless of whether they agree with them or not. And then you can choose not to listen or not to read or to move along if you don't agree. Um, but but literally, nothing. No violation. I was, I mean, I do journalism. That's what I always use the platform for. I'd be quite interested um, to maybe get a European side, because I think, from what I understand, the European Union is having a bit of a tough time with Musk, because the EU is obviously much more restrictive on a certain place. They don't have the laws in place yet. No, they don't, but they are. You know, they're a bit of a nanny state in some ways. So I think maybe, Mario, if you've got any, you've got any European journalists who could come on first. Uh, no, just got the US You want to focus on the US. All right. No, I think it's also liberal versus conservative. Obviously, definitions Read, I saw Tara's hand up as well, so read. I'll let you continue the conversation with Tracy, and then we'll go to Tara. Good to have you, Tara. Yeah, I just thought Tracy, I mean, I was curious kind of like what your, what are the kinds of things, like when they say hateful content, like, you know, were they, were you saying things that were sort of, that certain groups found offensive or, you know, I'm trying not to be like judgmental. I just, I just, I I appreciate that to understand it more. Yeah, no, I mean, my tweets are available for everybody to go look through, right? Because I've been reinstated, thankfully. So they're still all there. Um, and so anybody can go back on my timeline and take a view of what I said and decide whether or not you feel that that was hateful in any way because it still exists. Um, and so I think that's telling in and of itself because you'd assume that that those tweets would be labeled or removed um, if, if there was something wrong with them in the past or now. Um, so no, I mean, literally no, no reason. You know, yesterday I think there was a space where, Ian, you said that I was a uh, – proponent of QAnon, which is which is false. Well, not necessarily proponent, but one of the leading voices that platformed yeah. it, you sort of gave it a lot of legs, right? When you had a huge YouTube channel, I'm not sure if you still do, uh, you were one of the maybe three big channels that were pushing, maybe not pushing, but you were analyzing the drops and that made them really popular, right? That was, you put it to the forefront. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I guess if you want to give me credit credit for that, sure. I do, um, yeah. <laughs> You did a good job doing it. I mean, I know you were critical of QAnon, but, you know, you did put a lot of it into people's, like, you know, onto their feeds, right? I mean, everybody saw it, and then they started following it. And I, I know maybe that's not your responsibility to, you know, if they make the choice to become QAnon, that's, you know, that's up to them. But, you know, I just think the distinction is important. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think the distinction is important only because, like, literally have not uttered a word about it in, in over five years. And so to be continuously, you know, labeled that way is really frustrating, especially when a lot of the legacy media has taken that to, to be, a, you know, an, an equal to uh, domestic terrorism. And then to know that you've stood and said, well, wait a second, maybe this isn't all that great, been public about that, and then to be kind of lumped into that group for, for no reason is, is frustrating because I was a journalist before it and I was a journalist after it. So it's not like it was how I became a journalist. So I just want to make that clarification. Um, but but that label follows people, right? So once you label people, once you dox people, once you you mislead about a person, that follows them wherever they go. It gets amplified by people. It gets talked about by people. And then how do you, you know, you get you get kind of put in buckets based on things that are really aren't really 100 percent. So that's that's really the only issue I have with that. But I don't think that equate that that played into my my suspension at all because I had not spoken about it on the platform. So, yeah, I know you were tweeting about uh, about the you know the China virus. Right. You, there is this huge article. You've got an eye link to it where you talked about why it's so big in Italy. Right. The, why yes. Wuhan in Italy connected. Milan is basically a Chinese city. Uh, most of the workers there are from China. I think that might have played into it. Although now we now know that you are correct on that one, 100%. Yeah, yeah I was, yes, I did the Italy connection with the One Belt, One Road. I did that story, yes. Um, I'm yeah. sure a lot of things I were saying were unacceptable, and now people are recognizing them to be generally true. Um, and that's good. I, I think there's redemption now for a lot of folks that are that are now able to speak again and i think that a lot of the banning of these journalists who did this you know quote doxing there's like almost a righteous indignation from some folks because it's like how does it feel this is how we were targeted and the hypocrisy is quite alarming you know people are up in arms making wikipedia entries about it when this has been going on for years and nobody cared it was all fine because you disagreed with what these people's ideology might be or how they did their work or whatever. And so that's the biggest issue, I think, the most polarizing thing for folks now. So, so I have I a quick question a there for point. the – yeah, Reed. I was going to go to you to get your comments on this. Like, it, 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 I think it's just – do you think it was – by the way, Christie's here, sick. We're trying to bring up Connor now as well. But I want to get your thoughts. Like, Do you think – I think you agree that it was a bit overblown. The response was a bit too extreme. Um, and do you still think – that some of those accounts did not deserve um, a suspension or temporary suspension. Well, I don't. I don't really see why they were. They needed to be suspended. Personally, I mean, you know, I don't. I don't think by writing about Elon Jet, they had somehow increased the level of danger. You know, I, I don't think it wasn't like a clear and present danger situation. Again, I get why Elon's pissed off about it. Totally makes sense. Um, I just think, like, after, you know, after listening to Tracy tell her story, I mean, I think that the big issue is really transparency. I mean, like, the fact that Tracy was banned and all these people were, were banned under the previous administration, let's call it, um, I think just kind of, it, it, there there were a lot of, there were a lot of things at play, right? I mean, I think there's some ideology, but there's also pressure from advertisers and pressure from from certain groups. And I think those people, you know, in the, in the trust and safety group actually had a pretty tough job. Um, and I, I think that the big problem was the lack of transparency that they didn't explain their rationale. And had they explained the rationale, I mean, people would have had the chance to make arguments of why they were wrong and well, that I think could have been debated. 
a lot of the rationale is coming out now, right? We're seeing the Twitter files. We're seeing all the documentation in Missouri v. Biden and that early discovery from that case. It's kind of jaw-dropping, um, you know, regardless of where you stand on the political spectrum, to see some of this, you know, government cooperation in the forms of nudges and threats to, you know, invoke antitrust legislation and Section 230 penalty and all of this had to have played a massive role in what's happening. And there's no arguing that it was slanted in one direction. Um, sure, there were there were some yeah. left-leaning accounts that were actioned, as we learned yesterday in Matt's well, thread. But you could potentially yeah. argue that because you didn't necessarily see. Uh, all the data. So you don't know if there was more to it that was, you know, maybe more left-leaning accounts or fringe left-leaning accounts, whatever that may be. So we don't necessarily know. I think to me, what was most shocking in that data is the, 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 the threat specifically, like, for, or, or the connection, uh, the pressure from the FBI and government agencies. I think in terms of what, you know, they were doing internally, um, that, they can do, but they, the lack of transparency is what was problematic. And then kind of going into sort of new management. Well, how it's almost like, okay, how is this different? Now I do give Elon, you know, new management some leeway because it is early days. And so, you know, I do, but I do find it quite chaotic and I found it quite chaotic when he took over, though I was like hopeful for the best. And then, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, I was seeing that he sort of adjusted his behavior a little bit and then it sort of, you know, went back. And I'm, one thing that I, I do find a little bit disturbing, for example, is the message Mastodon, uh, which is a terrible na- name for a social media platform. But anyways, um, like for example, if you, band, if you, Really good metal. Yeah, right. So if you try to share a link to this like alternative uh, social media platform, uh, you it gets uh, flagged as malware. You know why it is, though, right? You know why, right? Well, why don't you explain? But I will say, like, uh, one thing before you do that, um, I will say that when I posted about it, People were sort of really quick to be defensive of it. People who are supportive of uh, admin number two, because they said, well, you know, he doesn't want the competition and they sort of abandoned their why. critical thinking. I know, I, I know, you know, and I'll tell you, and, and it's good. You, you didn't abandon your critical thinking pathways, but people, my point is my larger point is that people did. And, um, and so they're like, well, he, you know, he's allowed to uh, get rid of the competition, but obviously that's not what he's doing because um you know he allows lots of other links but but there's no transparency right he didn't make a public statement about it there's no, there's nothing about it he doesn't address it but ian go ahead and explain why cuz i think that is and before, and before you do before you do that ian if you don't mind Catherine and ian if you can send an invite to scam economy that's my, matt binder's other account cuz he cannot join with his account if that sure. doesn't work we'll have him join from my mic but if you can sure. invite scam economy so scam as an s c a m scam economy that's his uh a podcast account. Uh, if, you can invite, if you can invite that, I'll be very grateful. So we can have Matt himself here. Uh, go ahead, Ian. Do you want to, to respond to Catherine? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm actually, Ariadne, I'm going to add her. Uh, so, okay. Uh, the reason why Mastodon is banned is because on the front page itself, uh, one of the leading accounts there is the Elon Jet, and it's actually providing real-time uh, location details for his jet. And you can verify this for yourself by Googling Mastodon. It's literally the first thing that's linked. 
Okay, so Mastodon was sharing the uh, information to to, uh, uh, to 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 Elon's jet. You've got the yep. journalist so far, and we're trying to get Matt himself to see if that's true. Oh, Matt, you're yep. here. Matt, hey. how are hey, you? Hey, I'm good. How are all you? Hey, Matt. Good, uh, Matt. Um, I've got a question for you, man. Um, first, did you? What did you share that got your account suspended? I have no idea. They never told me. Really? I yeah. I, that's the, I find that hard to believe. I'm being quite honest with you. And, and, I, I spoke with um. I spoke with Oliver Darcy from CNN uh, before because he said that Donnie and who else? Um, Donnie and uh, Aaron Rupar and. Um, the Washington Post journalist Drew, they all received a prompt in the very beginning when they first signed in saying, what tweet got them suspended? I never received any prompt. I was never asked to delete any tweet. There is a empty slot on my uh, profile page that basically says that a tweet was removed, but I didn't remove it, nor have, I don't have any idea what tweet that was. And if you don't believe me, they all said that the second they logged into Twitter after they got unsuspended, you, they were asked to delete the tweet before they could say anything. I was live streaming last night as the poll was counting down, like with the screen, my screen shared, so you could see me refresh the page over and over again because I thought it'd be fun to do because I have a YouTube following. Um, you can see the unsuspension message just disappear from my account without any messaging, any prompt, and I tweet in real time. I have no idea what okay. tweet it was. I actually believe you. I actually do believe you because that's happened to me before where it will lock your account for whatever reason and not tell you. That is very likely a glitch. Um, I don't think Elon did that personally. I, I do think that's a glitch because I've had that happen to me multiple times. What, what I think, and this is just pure speculation on my end, I'm looking at all my tweets and they're all up. I don't recall any tweet that's missing. And, you know, I mean – it's easy to remember what you write because you're the one typing it up. It's your ideas. I use screenshots in a lot of my tweets. I would say most of my tweets include screenshots. Um, so I was looking through my, you know, my photo library to see what, like, oh, this is the screenshot I took for the missing tweet. Nothing. Nothing's there. I think I got suspended over a retweet. And that would be crazy. Yeah, I think so, too. That would be crazy yeah. if that's the truth because I would not have been the only person to retweet one of those removed tweets because the people who got do we know if anyone else who retweeted it got suspended we because i'm sure some smaller accounts might might have uh, gotten hit by that as but well i think i retweeted a tweet from one of those other journalists who was suspended which means that was it the which um, means that tweet the keith olbermann one no it wasn't the keith olbermann one i was i was suspended way before keith olbermann i could tell you the the order i saw the accounts go down the first account i saw go down uh, based on screenshot, like a screenshot I saw was the Mastodon account. And then I saw uh, Michael Hayden of Southern Poverty Law Center tweet out that it's going down, that anti-fascist blogs Twitter account, their uh, tweet, their, their account was, was nuked. I don't know what those two accounts posted because they weren't included in that group of journalists that everyone has been. Yeah, they're yeah. not. They didn't actually, I don't know if they actually posted anything relating to the jet. I think their suspension was actually related to something else. But it was it was in that order. So I, again, I don't know, but they weren't included. Um, but then in terms of the journalists that were suspended, I saw Donnie's tweet actually with the LAPD statement actually show up on my feed in real time. I immediately quote tweeted it because I thought it was an interesting statement from the LAPD. I, all I added was an emoji, like the thinking emoji. Um, that tweet is still up too, by the way, uh, on my account and on Donnie's account. 
the second he I, I quote tweeted that tweet though after I uh, pressed like tweet when it showed up in my feed his tweet was deleted like it, it said like oh this user suspended so I was like holy shit did he get suspended over that tweet that would be crazy I still had that tweet open on my phone I guess from the cache so I screenshotted the Donnie tweet of, with the LAPD statement and I uh, shared the screenshot and I added I just quote tweeted this from Donnie and he got suspended immediately after. And then a few minutes passed by that, maybe not even a few minutes, maybe a minute passes by. And I noticed that people are saying Ryan Mack of the New York Times got suspended. I don't know what Ryan Mack posted. I grabbed a screenshot of his account being suspended. I added it to the thread right under the Donnie uh, tweet. And then immediately after I saw a bunch of people tweeting, uh, Matt, I guess we're saying bye to you. And I'm like, uh, I guess they're just assuming that because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very critical of Elon Musk. And the next thing I know, within like, again, maybe another minute, I'm, I'm, I can't log on. I'm done. I, I got the, uh, the, uh, the prompt that says that your account has been suspended and it's in read-only mode. So, Matt, I have, I have two questions. The first, do you think that was – because we, we're seeing a lot of mistakes being made by Twitter now with the overhaul that's happening and, and the restructuring – so do you think this is a mistake similar to what happened like a few days ago? A lot of us, including me and Elon Musk's account, not many people know this. We were shadow banned. <laughs> uh, you could check it too. And yeah. other, many other <laughs> people were, are being yeah. – yeah, exactly. I was shadow banned. Elon Musk, I checked – someone checked Elon Musk's one. Turned he, out was he was also shadow banned, well. yeah. He yeah, got exactly. He shadow banned and a ghost ban as well. Yeah, you got ghost Yeah, exactly. So uh, when I say – yeah, so when I say shadow banned, I meant ghost banned. I don't know if he was shadow banned as well. Um, now, the mistake apparently was they were cracking down on bots and, and obviously, it, it, you know, there's a glitch or something. Now, my question for you, Matt, do you think uh, that was intentional or do you think that was purely a glitch? I'm leaning towards the second one, um, but I would love your take on what, it. What being a glitch? The um, suspending you. So if you retweeted a tweet, maybe the algorithm thought you tweeted it or someone spotted they thought you, re you tweeted it, so it was a mistake. I, and they suspended you for that reason. I, I don't think it was a glitch because I was included with those nine individuals. I was always included with them. I'm not talking about the press. I mean in how Elon Musk was referring to it. He asked, do you want me to suspend the, doc, the, the, uh, the, uh, the journalists who he says doxed him? And when people voted yes, I was unsuspended immediately alongside Donnie. Yeah, so Donnie I mean, but didn't but didn't you but didn't you retweet? Didn't you say you retweeted a tweet that doxed Elon? Or did I misunderstand? No, no, no I don't. I, this is pure speculation because I don't. Listen, when you retweet something, you don't you don't remember that the same you do as when you actually tweet your own thought. I'm just assuming, being that there's a missing tweet on my account that I can't recall posting. I'm assuming it must have been something I retweeted because it's more likely I would forget something that I just clicked a single button to hit, you know, to retweet for. That is it, isn't there, a, isn't there a website, but isn't there a website that tracks every account and all the tweets and retweets they've made? Only if, only if you're listed on there. Like if there's a bot oh. tracking you, there should be an easy way to check it. But I, I don't know if Matt Binder's on that site. Like if Pulitzer Whoops I I, I uh, lists a bunch of people. I don't think I am. You could check. So I'm looking, I I check I'm looking on his feed. One sec. I um, internet archive. It looks like that violated the tweet violated the Twitter rules one. It looks like it's attached to the one the quoted tweet of the LAPD statement. It doesn't look like it's a separate tweet it, unless I'm reading it, it wrong. But it looks like it's attached to it, that. Tweet. It does look like that, but that's the message you see when they remove a tweet. Like the tweet is supposed to appear there. That message usually appears in place of the tweet. Like the tweet gets removed, and that message replaces where the tweet once sat. I've had a lot of people send me that screenshot saying it looks like it's attached to the 
the uh, you know the Donny uh, quote tweet. I mean the Donny screenshot. Um, I mean I I it should be removed. No, am I am I wrong to think that's what should have happened? So why do you think? My last question to you, Matt. Um, why do you think you were suspended? I really don't know. I wish I had an answer. I I've been saying I would love for them to tell me. I mean. It's, I think it's important for me to know, if not even just for me, I think everyone should know what got each of these journalists suspended so they don't make the same mistake. I mean, it is Elon Musk's platform. Like, I'm, I'm still – like, I haven't, like, gone about face on how, what I think about how platforms are able to run because it happened to me, like some people would assume. Um, when other people get suspended, I mean, it sucks. I agree. That's not how I would run a platform, but I, I'm not running Twitter. So that's their rules. That's what they, you know, who they choose to suspend. Same thing with Musk. He's running it. He paid the money for it. Um, I think you can call him out for saying he's going to run it one way and running it another way because that's hypocritical. I don't think he's been, you know, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth when he says he's running a free speech, transparent platform and he's doing the opposite. I think you can call him out for that and say, you know, that's a lie. But he can basically do whatever he wants. If he wants to suspend me, it's, he can do that. So, so why, um, why do you think, by the way, for other panelists, I'm just uh, spending a bit extra time with Matt just because he has to jump off for an interview in a bit. Um, so we thought we'll get his take and then we'll jump to other panelists. So I've got another question for you, Matt. Um, you said that Elon's talking, of, you know, it kind of contradicting himself in terms of being more transparent. Why? What makes you say that? Well, let's just take this recent example. And let me talk about my suspension. Look, let's look at Elon's jet, Elon jet account. And the, you know, the, the creator, Jack Sweeney, his own account got suspended. Um, you know, Elon basically said last month that he was fine with the account being up. He didn't like it, but in order to roll out what he believes to be a free speech platform, an account like Elon Jet should exist if it wants to. And then now fast forward to this week, he decided to suspend the Elon Jet account, all of Jack Sweeney's other accounts, including his own personal account. And then he rolls out the new rules about location-based data. Now, Elon Musk is welcome to change his mind. He's welcome to say last month, Elon Jet is fine, and this month, I don't like it anymore. But if you're running a transparent... With good reason, right? With good reason. I mean... I've got a couple I, of points. I know what you're going to say. I, 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 Go ahead, I, I, I think yeah. that's completely moot because, again, he can, he, even if he doesn't have a good reason, who cares? It's, he's the owner of the platform. He can change his mind and do this whenever he'd like. But if he wants to run a fair platform, how do you suspend an account for rules that they, you claim they violated that they didn't, that didn't even exist yet? Those rules about so, location-based uh, data did not exist until hours after the Elon Jet account I don't agree with so, that. Ian, yeah, so, so Ian, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let you answer that one because I know what you said. You said differently earlier. You said that the rules were always there, the doxing rules. The rules are always there. Exactly, yeah. The doxing rules are always there. They were simply not clarified. So he added the clarification there to include it. And it's quite a surprise that the old uh, Twitter administration didn't actually crack down on Elon Jet when they actually should have. No, so see, I'll, actually, I'll actually lead to this. But that's, but that's, on, but that's bullshit to say that because clearly if a, a rule needs clarification, that means it's up to the administration in charge 
to decide how to rule on that particular, you know, that, that particular policy. And obviously, the previous administration decided that the Elon Jet account did not break the policy as they interpreted it. If Elon Musk wants to interpret it differently, he needs to let people know. It's fine if he wants to, but he needs to let people know. Otherwise, the transparent Twitter that he's claiming it is, is absolute bullshit. And there's no other way you could argue that. So, Ian, do you mind sending me the – if so, someone can send me the – Ian, you've got my WhatsApp. If you can send me that, that, uh, the terms, how they were and how they've become, I'd love to read it out uh, for the audience. Matt, I've got sure. two questions, and I, I think this is important, Matt, because um, you know, Elon – by the way, Ian, you've got a bit of feedback sound. Elon's yep. in a tricky position um, because you know, it's just that he, he's – I would say he is being transparent in some ways, Matt, but you know, jumping into spaces, answering questions. You know, We had Mark Andreessen here, and he said, Mario – Everything that Elon's telling you guys, it's exactly the same stuff we discussed behind the scenes. And we tell him to stop talking about these things openly. So in some ways being transparent. But what you're saying in that maybe in this case, um, he acted a bit out of emotions because it involved his family and oh, that kind of I mean, overruled. He absolutely did. It's, that's exactly what happened. Again, it's understandable, but it, go, it goes contrary to how he claims he's going to run the I understand. Yeah. And it's, 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 a, it's a fair point. So I, I want to kind of uh, stress on this point a bit further. Um, would you say that doxing someone's live location is a risk? If you're doxing someone's live location as if, in your, as if you're tracking the actual person, then yes, I would agree. But that's not what the Elon Jet account does. It tracks the airplane. So it okay, fair point. But it tracks the airplane knowingly when Elon is using it. It's it's Elon's private airplane, so only he's only using. It. Is there anyone else that uses that plane? Well, he said it himself that the you know he wasn't with his family when apparently this thing happened that he says has happened. Um, and you know he he's how would he been? So would you say would you say that's a so would you agree that's a bit murky? So you, you make a point like he's tracking the plane, not Elon personally, but it could be interpreted as if it's Elon's plane and he's using private data. Elon tweeted in one of Elon's tweets, he said you cannot get the um, you cannot track the plane with publicly available information. So that kind of changes things because he's getting private information, which Elon paid not to disclose the location of his, of his jet. I, I can't, I can't, um, to be able to, I can't argue this specific point because I'm not a like aviation expert, but from what I understand. These these are things that are said. Even like his the, that private number that he uses. These are numbers that are used over these airwaves that are open for anyone to listen to. So apparently, it's like it's openly shared. It is just makes it a little bit harder for someone to find out, but it is still out there. I'll add one last point, and then I'll go to to other panelists. Um, so I just do want to, and you do you do confirm that cha- you know, having someone's exact location live is a risk so if for example when i travel i'll give you an example when i travel there's some countries when i travel to because i'm deep in crypto and in crypto you know how a lot of people get kidnapped because of the private key etc some countries i travel to i always travel anonymously i book a hotel anonymously that's a fee that's an option you have in some hotels so they don't disclose your name to anybody that asks you don't exist um and you can still track it though if you know where to look and you know who to ask you can still track yeah so that's the issue with it yeah so it's like it's publicly available if you know the right people right and that's Exactly what you know Elon Jet was essentially doing. See, but see, would you, Matt? Would you say that? Go ahead. I, I was going to say, me personally, what I find to be the important part of Elon Jet. Um, I, I honestly never really looked at the the you know it didn't interest me. I'm not someone who's interested in, in aviation and where Elon Musk is traveling to and from. To me, the interesting part about Elon Jet is how often he flies 
and how far that is. Because to me, the point of the point of calling that out is that here's a guy who makes his money off apparently a green friendly organ, you know, company, Tesla, and here he is flying around his private jet all the time. I don't really care where he actually goes. Like it could be any city, USA, any city worldwide. To me, the interesting thing is how far he travels and how often. So, I mean, I, to me, I'm just giving you my opinion on what I think is the important, uh, you know, the newsworthiness of the Elon Jet account. I'll read, I'll, I'm going to read the policy before I go to – Ian, do you mind if I go to, to Tracy? I know Tara, if you still want to speak. I know you had your hand up earlier and you can jump in at any time, Tara. You know, this is your room as much as it's ours. But Tara, yeah, Tracy, ahead, Tom. Okay, but so I want to say one last thing and then we go to Tara, Tracy, and Tom, um, whoever wants to go first. But uh, Matt, Mike, I'm going to read out the policy for you, Matt, and let me know – if you agree with my conclusion from what I'm about to read out. So this is the policy before Elon added the clarification. That's the first screenshot you sent me, Ian. So the the so okay. The first time you violate this policy by sharing private information, brackets, such as home address, which you can say, hey, I'm tracking the home. Home address, identity documents, etc. Would you I'm not telling you to agree with the decision that Elon made, but would you agree that because I'm, I'm also split. Like I understand where you're coming from as well, Matt. But would you agree based on this that it is fair – I'm not saying it's right. But it is fair to say that a jet could be included under that, etc. as private information similar to a home address. Is that a fair point to make? Because I'm leaning towards – towards that side of the argument that it's – maybe he didn't handle it correctly. You know, should have done it – I don't know. Maybe differently. I don't know about that. But – would you agree that the private jet could be considered private information such as a home address? I mean, I don't know. I mean, in my own personal opinion, I don't think so. But again, I'm not the one who wrote those rules. I don't know what they had in mind. Like, that's, that's good. like there's going to be no answer to that. It's just we could only go by what actions were actually done. And the fact that Twitter that existed before Elon Musk allowed this account under their rules, I mean, that proves more than anything else we can argue that they didn't feel like it broke their rule. But I think a lot of people jump in here and I can feel a few people boiling. So I'll say it on their behalf. They'll probably say, hey, 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 what are you talking about? We just had all these Twitter files prove that a lot of the decisions were biased to the uh, to the left, which means that many liberal accounts may get more leniency. I'm not saying that you did get more leniency. Maybe the previous um, uh, uh, administrators didn't think a private jet was private information. Um, it's a and private now it's being interpreted it's differently. In Fair point. Fair. I'm leaning towards that as well, Ian. I think it's – I would agree it is probably like if I was in Elon's shoes or even now, if someone knows I'm traveling from one country to another, I never post my stories as I'm going somewhere. It's called, I, it's, I, called, it's, it's called a private jet because it's not a jet that you could buy a ticket for. It's not like yeah, it's I not know. like a private jet. Like it's a secret undercover jet. I mean we don't call it – we don't call our own cars a private car. Because most people, well, they call it private transport. Public transportation. That's what it is. No, it's, no one calls it's it private, private transport. But I think, I think, I think, Matt's, uh, okay yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but I, mean, I think, I think, track any car if you have a person trailing it, right? It's and it's in public, so you could make the very silly argument. I'm not saying you're making this argument, but a person could ostensibly make a silly argument in that, well, a car is driving out on a public road, so therefore it's okay to track it, and yet it's illegal to actually do that. Yes, yeah, so I, I would say like uh, Matt, and I do want to go to other panelists, uh, but I, I just want to end it with like if you cha- if you follow someone's car, for example, hey, I'm not tracking the person, even though that that's their private car, I'm not tracking the person, I'm tracking their car, but they're in that car. So I think 
Um, again, I'm not talking about the way it was handled because I don't know how it was handled. I didn't look at all the tweets, but I just think like logically speaking, track it, tracking a private jet, someone's private jet live and instead of sharing the information 5, 10, 30 minutes later um, could be considered doxing. I don't think it's too unfair. I'm not saying everyone would agree with it, but I don't think it's like too too unfair and I think it's been blown out of proportion in my opinion after I saw the Wikipedia article. That's my two cents and, and I'd love you to stay oh, on because I, I, I know that… I, can I, can I just address that one part of that? Yeah, move to go something. ahead, bro. I, I, would, I would say the biggest difference is, you know, your jet never leaves what essentially is a public airport. Uh, you don't drive your jet to your home. You don't drive your jet, you know, you don't park the jet in your driveway. You don't bring the jet to your local mechanic. It stays in a public area or a hangar, which is a completely different thing too. It never goes to your private residence. So simply based on that, it would be, impossible to track someone to where they sleep at night based on where their jet is sitting. Uh, I'll go to other park. I can think I, they're still in the jet. Yeah, go ahead. Can I make a quick point? I, I just think, aren't we having sort of like the, it's like, it's like the wrong argument in my mind, like whether he was justified or not. I mean, you can argue both sides and you, and I think everybody's made good points to me. It's sort of a question of Twitter before Musk and Twitter after Musk. Right. And before Musk, you had a system that was, didn't have a lot of transparency, but you had a bunch of people trying to make these decisions who were accountable to their CEO, who was accountable to the board, who was accountable to shareholders. They were The company was accountable to advertisers, and those advertisers were accountable to their customers, right? There's all these layers of accountability. And now you have one person running a system where there's also very little transparency, and he's accountable to no one. And I think that's the difference in my mind. I think, so we're missing a, the argument complete, I think we're missing the argument completely. We have journalists, right? Journalists are on this space to talk about the journalist aspect of it. From an ethics standpoint, ethically, what value is it for a journalist to ampli- amplify and pinpoint the location of somebody's private plane to however many people will be consuming said news product. There, there's an ethical debate to be had about that. Forget the, you I, know, the, te- I, the technicality answered, of it. I answered that question though about what my own personal opinion well, is on the importance of that account. I said, I don't care in terms of like me, I wouldn't report on where Elon Musk was traveling to and from if I used. So do you think it's wrong? Matt, do you think it's wrong that they use pinpointed location? Because I can agree. I can see the point of what you're saying where uh, it makes sense to kind of the, share the other data of what you're saying. I think there can be a case made for the newsworthiness of that. But I don't think that a case can be made for the pinpointed locations or the real time data of that. I don't I, think I, that that I, made sense. What he's I think, talking I think about isn't isn't suspenseful. I think we're conflating things, though. As far as I know, there isn't any journalist who wrote, you know, articles tracking Elon Musk via, you know, where he was flying. What the newsworthy part here was, and I don't, I, you would ask Jack Sweeney, the creator of the Elon Jet account, but I don't think this 20-year-old considers himself a journalist, which means the ethic question, the ethics question does not work for it, does not work for him. But they were sharing, like, they were sharing links to that specific account that really didn't have news value, right? When a journalist say, writes an article about it, that's different uh, than sharing that link where he's really trying to say, sort of sidestep intentionally kind of the rules. And, and you know, he, he is, even like when I 
I was in that space that, that got, you know, shut down or dropped or whatever, um, you know, even the journalists in that space, I think, were pretty aware that what he was trying to do was, you know, not, not in good faith. I mean, I think, yeah, that- I, I think Elon Musk made that account newsworthy. He, you know, we could say the Tristan effect or whatever, but he, he did. There was no one talking about that account really until Elon Musk had a problem with it. And yeah, I'm sorry, a billionaire having a problem, a billionaire who runs the platform that he's like this huge, this big platform, uh, banning this account is a big, it's, it's newsworthy. And people were right. Well, what's the value? I would say that, you know, linking to the Elon Jet account, if you're writing an article about Elon Jet, is very similar to linking to Kiwi Farms or to a Kiwi Farms thread if you're writing a story about it. And I don't think it's necessary for any reader to be linked to, you know, a Kiwi Farms thread, right? I mean, this was a topic that was actually written about by uh, Ben Collins, right? Ben Collins wasn't one of the people who got suspended because he didn't link to Elon Jet, but, you know, he made a pretty good argument in his article of why this site is a danger and what it can cause, you know, the harm it can cause to people. So he never actually linked to Kiwi Farms and he was reporting on that. So I don't see why journalists feel that it's okay to link to Elon Jet's uh, Facebook page or his Mastodon page or the Elon Jet website directly especially when they wouldn't do the same thing for Kiwi Farms, right? I mean, I, they recognize I mean, there is a danger to linking to Kiwi Farms. I think that's definitely an interesting argument. I would, I would counter that with there's an interesting, uh, you know, there is interest there in the fact that this material that Elon Musk has deemed uh, is, should not be allowed on his platform. Every other plat- social media platform that is in that same, you know, industry, that same realm, the ones you just mentioned, Facebook, Instagram, Mastodon, They've all decided that, hey, this is, there's nothing wrong with this. I think that's a very newsworthy aspect of it, that Twitter alone is decided that this isn't, isn't worthy of being posted on the site. And it just so happens that this one policy is based on the fact that it directly affected the owner of it. I mean, if, Can you if discuss it without linking to it, though? Can you discuss by describing it? Like, I'm kind of thinking, for example, leaky, uh, there was the Sony leaks a while back, right? Like a few years back, there was the Sony leaks. Yeah, 2013. That was- Lots of, right. That, so that was a while ago. And there was a lot of like really private data in that. Um, if news, you know, you could say that that was of interest, right? Like to share these files and some did share these files or the locations of where you can download that and some did not. And, and, and that was a huge privacy issue. So like, at what point do we draw the line of what is acceptable versus how you can just talk about it in a descriptive way as a journalist and make the case of, you know, in, in a way that you describe it to your audience, you know, like that's the role of a journalist. No, no, I think that's a good point too. But I mean, just simply the fact that um, this data is available everywhere in terms of like, you know, Kiwi farms, you can only go to Kiwi farms to get it. Um, the fact that all these other mainstream platforms have decided there's nothing wrong with this, I mean, it, it means that a lot of people probably share that belief that there's nothing wrong with sharing this data. I, I think the compared to Kiwi Farms is, is, isn't really a, an accurate sort of uh, measurement. In terms of the Sony hacks, I don't know what was in those documents. Were they not shared because um, I can't recall? Was there like, you know, email addresses and addre- or you know, home addresses or, or private phone numbers. I don't know what, what the reason for that was. But I mean, you would have to look at each individual, uh, you know, aspect of whatever situation we're talking about before we can really so, decide. So I have, a, I have a quick question uh, for anyone. Uh, when So the, the accounts that had 
um, accounts that were suspended from journalists. I got to jump. Did they have a link to? I got to jump. Yeah, all good, all good, man. I'll come back. Yeah, I know you have an interview. Yeah, no, we just have we just have Katie. Katie just jumped on as well. Appreciate you, Matt, and I've got you on WhatsApp, so you're always welcome, Matt. Uh, Tara dropped off. Let me bring her up. And Katie's back up as well. Uh, Katie, how are you? Can you hear me? Just making sure your mic is there, Katie. I guess I'll ping her. Um, but just question, Ian, maybe you can answer that one, or Alex, or whoever. Um, the journalistic council was suspended. Did they link to the Macedon or whatever, the other... A platform that had Elon Jet is that why they were suspended? What did they link to exactly, Alex? If you look on the second pinned tweet that I have, not the first one um, in the space, um, I thought a lot of them. I think this is why Keith Olbermann got suspended. Is so he tweeted, "Here's the plan. Everyone retweet the screenshot of the tweet that got Drew Harrell of the Washington Post suspended and recreate the tweet word for word with the link and link to the Aaron Rupar piece that got him permanently suspended." Um, there's so malicious think, intent behind this. That that's the problem. There's so the, malicious the, intent. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons that some did. And again, that's the one of the things I'd like to see changed about Twitter. And uh, Elon replied to my tweet about this: is when accounts are suspended. I think well, number one, if it's if it's temporary, it should tell you how long the suspension is to the public, and also it should tell the public the reason on that actual account. Like because that that eliminates a lot of the okay why is this person suspended because if you go to their page it will tell you exactly why the account was suspended um and then also like a note on the account itself this is the violating like tweet and you should be able to view it if you so choose as long as there's no illegal information in there um but yeah i i uh, to the point about like the actual policy i i think the the issue was the fact that it was updated after the action was taken against the Elon Jet account, I believe the the way to go about this should have been the update should have been announced, and then the Elon Jet account should have been locked to um, prevent any future um, uh, information to be like real time information to be posted, and they should have been informed of the new policy and saying you should uh, you have to have twenty four hours before um, you can post a new. Um, real-time uh, jet uh, information or 24 hours should be elapsed before you post it because he, he had a bot and I, I believe you could set like a delay. And when he, he was actually reinstated for like an hour and he said that he was willing to abide by that, those terms. So I believe the correct way to do it would have been that. Um, but I, I feel like that's what happened was, you know, there was a lot of confusion around that because the I policy was updated after the suspension. I have one more thing to say, and then I'm going to step back for a while because I've been talking quite a bit today, and thank you for the, the floor, guys. Um, I think that it's really poignant that we're having this hour-and-a-half-long conversation right now about the banning of journalists now because this never happened before, and I think it's a really big step in the right direction. There was never such concern about journalists being banned before this action was taken. I think there were valid reasons for it, and I think that journalists um, you know, tend to— abuse the doxing policy in general from an ethical standpoint. If there's not newsworthiness to providing somebody's home address, and, and even then I would I would really err on the side of caution because you can create a lot of problems for people. Look, something literally happened to Elon's son. Um, and, and you know, you, you have no control over how people are going to act. And if there's no additional benefit to adding this, you know, a link to real-time information about somebody's location, 
if you're going to write about how far he travels, you don't need to link to the real-time location of, of the person. And so kudos for ha- us having the conversation. I'm glad so many people care about it now. It's, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. And um, thanks for letting me have some space to speak for a while. Thanks, Tracy. Tara, Tom? Hey, yeah. Uh, Hi, I don't know if I'm... Hey, guys. Good job and, and nice balanced uh, panel up here. I think this is really good. And so many adults in the room, uh, you know, not speaking over each other and keeping it keeping it flowing nicely, which is incredible, especially because I know, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty half and half up here, I would say. And so uh, well done to all of you. Really quick, just to add on to what Tracy was just saying, which welcome back, Tracy, by the way, all those years. And yeah, now finally people do care, which is just amazing. It's funny how Elon sort of has a way of magically doing these things and then kind of saying, you know, like he tweeted recently, fate loves irony. Um, and that's exactly what this is, is it's so ironic. Um, but what I was going to mention, and I'm babysitting my nieces today and just thinking out loud here, um, just about the fact that, you know, because the billionaire word keeps getting tossed around. And I know, you know, maybe I watch too many movies, but I would say like a billionaire's son is probably a little more at risk as it is uh, of having, you know, nefarious things potentially happening, uh, you know, God forbid. Um, and, you know, potential, I don't know anything, um, but to track that child or any child real time, I think should be against obviously Twitter rules and should be against the law. Um, and that's essentially what was happening. So, um, I think Tracy already sort of made that point. Um, and I just wanted to commend her and say, welcome back. And I followed you and it's awesome to have you guys, all of these accounts being reinstated. Is there any way to get Mike Lindell here? In here, I'll, I'll try to get him in. Uh, hold on, Alex. Do you know? Do you know Michael? Um, I oh, can. Ian, maybe tr- I can try. Ian might have a, a better connect to him, but I have one of his connections, so I can try. I can ask. Yeah. I can ask my connection. Yeah, well, just send me send me the handle, Ian, and, and uh, I'll send it's, it's real Mike Lindell. It's real Mike Lindell. He doesn't need to join this one though. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Tom, uh, I'll give you the mic, and Tom, maybe I'll, I'll let you say say your word. But I also have a question for you, Tom, about the way this has handled. Do you think Elon was a bit emotional about the way he handled it, or it was well done, business processes, objective, no emotions? Well, I, you know, I don't know whether he was emotional about it. Uh, the question is, is the policy a sensible one, given what happened? And the answer is yes. Uh, did he? Uh, well, let me go take a step back. Tracy, it's good to hear your voice. I'm glad you're back. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> um, and, and as everyone can hear, she's an important voice to have, and you can see why she was censored. Uh, what, what a scam we're all being subjected to here. And with all due respect to uh, who was on earlier, was it Matt? Matt. I don't know why I was, tw- why I was censored. Oh, wait, maybe it was because I retweeted his personal location data. Well, he, he that said everyone he knew at the time, everyone knew and was on notice was not appropriate material to be tweeting out. Now, the question is, are we going to allow Elon Musk to be subject or not have any of the protections any other public figure or citizen or regular Joe should have, which is the ability to go to a private location without being doxxed in a way that puts his life in jeopardy and his family's life in jeopardy. That's the debate here. 
And the question is, and I, I'm dis, I'm more disappointed in him bringing him on as quickly as he did than taking them off. Are journalists going to get, or left wing journalists specifically, going to get another exception to the rules of law and the rules of civilization, which is they get the docs, and if they're screamed loud enough about being punished over it through a legitimate process, or maybe even a process that's imperfect but was good faith, they get they get a pass. Right now. You know, people like Tracy Beans has been has been suppressed. Judicial Watch continues to be censored. I know that material from the New York Times continues to be censored on Twitter as we speak because it talks about the wrong issues and because I tweeted it out. So the idea that the media is concerned about the First Amendment is bunk. They are concerned about the ability to exercise their power and target their political enemies without consequence, without having to adhere to any rules that any normal person would feel obligated to follow. Uh, so these guys, they all broke the rule. They might, Some of them may have plausible deniability saying, look, my intent was just to kind of get the story going. And I was looking for clicks, right? You know, something, you know, I didn't have any malintent here. I appeal the ruling here and I'll take it down or whatever. And or, or I disagree, and I'm not going to remove it, and that's the consequence. Uh, well, but the Tom, question is, is it wrong? Matt's defense, like, for example, Matt said that he did not uh, retweet any links or anything like that. He personally did not do that, and he doesn't He doesn't think that, in his case, he doesn't necessarily believe that helps his story. So He, he didn't said he that. wasn't sure. He did he, not say he, that. He said he wasn't I, sure what he retweeted, which is bizarre. I think I think I think he allowed I think he allowed the notion that he tweeted some he retweeted a link to this real time location data of Elon Musk and his family. And so the question is, is that journalism? Is that what The New York Times thinks is okay? Is that what these bloggers or these online influencers think is okay? I mean, someone like Rupar, who is in my view, dishonest and unethical, I have no doubt he thinks it's okay. He keeps on saying it's okay. So everyone be warned. These folks, some of them at least, will dox you, and they don't care about the safety or security of your family. And I guess Zuckerberg doesn't care about it, and I guess Google doesn't care about it, so that makes it right, according to some of what we heard earlier today. So I don't know. Is Is that a rule that's legitimate to prevent people from having their private location data put out in a public way that could cause them serious bodily injury. I, I, I want to go to Katie. And Ari, Ariadna has a great story that Before I'd love I her to do, share. I have to, I have to share what Phil Abonte said to me, and I completely 100% agree with him. Right? Uh, it's Phil that remains. If uh, you guys don't follow him, you should. He said, you all know the point was to intimidate Elon Musk. The fact it's being discussed as if it's about free speech when the whole point is intimidation. And I absolutely agree with that. The, the only reason, right, the only ostensible reason to share that link is to intimidate Elon Musk. There's nothing else, right? It's not about, it's not a free speech issue. It's a threat. Who was that, Ian, who said that? I'm going to follow uh, him. It's, it's a Phil Abonte, at Phil That Remains, you know, the uh, lead singer for All That Remains. Great guy. You might have seen him on uh, Tim Pool's show a couple of times this past week. 
Thanks. I'm just going to retweet him. Um, yeah, and I'll put his tweet in the. Uh, if you can pin it above there. and go into yeah, Tom's question, because I know, um, yeah, so uh, uh, Ariadna has a great uh, story that I would like her to share in a bit. But before that, Katie, how are you? Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me on. I'm sorry, I'm still joining a little bit late, so I apologize. No, I it's, it's a need of this. Pleasure, pleasure, to, uh, pleasure to have you, and I appreciate you joining. So I know that you did a space a while ago, not a while ago, like a couple of days ago, and. Um, I think the accounts that were suspended found a way to join your space, and that got a lot of, lot of, it got everyone very excited. Even I jumped in to listen a bit, and I saw Elon jump in and then jump out after a few minutes. Um, so I would like you to tell us what happened there, what the story was, and I'd love your take on Tom's question and Tom's uh, perspective about this. Sure. So uh, I guess at first, the my understanding with the space is that, um, and sort of this weird loophole is that uh, I think that the space like feature is essentially built off Periscope, which used to be a separate app. And so accounts that had created a Periscope app before Periscope was bought and merged into Twitter were sort of, you know, on the back end treated as a completely separate account. And that's why suspension on Twitter.com did not apply to these Periscope level accounts. And that's how they were able to um, join this space. And I think that what ended up happening was that probably, I mean, this is, again, I'm guessing um, that when people at Twitter realized this happened, people who work at Twitter realized this was happening and they understood the sort of underlying dynamics of like why this was able to get on, they sort of just chopped down the whole feature to um, try and fix it, um, <laughs> which I think is what happened. Um, but So um, technically, Katie, hold on. So you're the one I need to blame for Twitter spaces crashing yesterday and forcing us to do a Twitter video live. Got it. Good. All right. Right. So I'm going to blame you for that. Perfect. <laughs> and I think, um, I think what probably happened again, I am guessing here based on sort of like the, the clues of knowing a little bit that there was the Periscope uh, integration. So my account, I think they had to like ban my account on a Periscope level um, in order to shut down the space the other night. Um, which meant that when they brought it back up, my account was still banned only from spaces, like not from Twitter. Um, and then they, they obviously I'm, I'm back. So they, they fixed that. Um, but uh, you know, it is, <laughs> Twitter is a confusingly operated platform. Um, you know, and if Elon Musk can get it to run a lot better then that's wonderful. Um, now my question, so the question I have, I was on muting, uh, the question I have for you, Katie is, um, you know, Tom made some good points. Other, other, other panelists made some good points as well. What's your take on this? Do you think that was a fair suspension? Not saying you agree with it, but I'm just saying because it could be either on, on, on one extreme, like, hey, this is completely wrong or this is completely right, 100% fair, and somewhere in the middle. Would you say that one is somewhere in the middle, like there's grounds to suspend the accounts, but maybe it was handled too swiftly, as Alex was saying, or could have been handled differently? Yeah. Making... So I think sort of like 10,000 foot view, um, you know, since we're talking about a plane tracker, um, you know, I think like moderation works best when it's clear and consistent and people kind of have an idea of what the rules are. And if someone else is out there breaking the rules, great, suspend them. Um, and a platform has the right to make up and change and should change to benefit its users good moderation rules that are appropriate and keep people safe, da, 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 um, Whether or not, you know, a flight tracker of a famous person should or should not be allowed is like, I don't know. I mean, it kind of sounds like I think a lot of people think it's a kind of a coin flip, right? Like some people think sure, some people think no. Um, I, you know, I think there's a very strong case <laughs> 
to, you know, ban flight trackers. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I think that there, there's a clear reason to do that. Fine. Um, you know, it, it's a safety thing. I think that what made things very confusing was that this all happened very fast, right? So it, it had been made, you know, Elon had made it clear, the flight tracker I'm okay with until the moment that he didn't. Um, and then that was banned. And I don't, I think that it probably wasn't clear to people that, all of a sudden, you know, snap, now the flight tracker is banned. And if you even link to the Facebook page for the flight tracker, that can get you banned. Um, you know, even though Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg might think it's fine. Um, you know, who knows, what, who knows if they will continue to do so. I think that, I think that whether or not linking out to stuff that, that if Twitter determines, Linking out to even anything related to something that we Twitter believe is doxing and we believe that flight trackers are doxing, if that's their consistent rule, like, okay, we can all live with a consistent rule, right? Like, I think there's plenty of moderation rules that obviously not everyone has always agreed with. Um, but if you can kind of get a sense of what the rules are, fine. I think that what happened there, what, what, what was such a kerfluffle was that this it wasn't clear, I think, to anyone that even a link to the old, you know, flight or an article or something. And I, I don't know exactly what all the the supposed links that um, were happening, whether it was a retweet or they just, you know, did the at symbol for it. Um, I, I think that no one would have thought that that because it was totally fine the day before. You know, I think that's the trick. And it I want to clarify. I want to clarify what you mean by that. So just to be clear for anyone that doesn't know, um, I, I heard this from somewhere else as well. So if it's not true, someone please correct me. But Elon did say initially, I think before or just after he acquired Twitter, that he's even not he's not even banning the Elon before. Jet before. before. So he's not banning Elon Jet. So and this is before he got all the threats to his. Correct, correct. So, so like the question there would be, and it's a fair question. Like, did he change his mind just because he thinks the policy and Twitter itself? I don't know. I mean, other... we can't read his mind, can we? We can't read his mind. And yeah, so, his so the platform, his choice, he is a, and this is what Matt said. He has a right to change his mind. So I don't think I... Uh, there's anything to be really said uh, about this uh, topic. We'd love to hear. Katie can I read a tweet? Can I read a threatening tweet? Yeah, that was uh, yeah I will do. Yesterday. And Katie will come back to you. I know I interrupted you, Katie, so we'll go back to you in a bit. Yeah, go ahead, Tara. It says, I'm not even sure what it means, and maybe Ian do does know, but it says, in a response to Elon Musk, uh, it says, activating one of our deep sleep INLA sleeper agents in LA to rig some some semtex to his Tesla. Who the F's going to question it blowing up? These are threat. real threats that are happening to Elon Musk and his family, who he is doing everything in his power to protect. And anyone else here, if you were in charge of a platform, you would not platform people who are sharing your real-time location and your child's real-time location in order for people like this to potentially do something like that to you or your children. So no one here has any valid argument. And that's why this is Ian's right. Like this whole, we're going to read Elon's mind and figure out what changed. That's what changed. These threats are real. And to sit here and act like, oh, it's just the internet. Oh, that's just what happens. No, it's not. 
it, maybe to one of us, yeah, maybe, but to him, and none of us can say we know or have experienced that, can we? None of us I've can had, say I've we've had, had our real-time location shared. Real-life stalkers. I've had real-time stalkers, real-life stalkers, not real-time stalkers. Real-life stalkers And they knew your location? Across, they knew my location, yeah. They went to my city and, and tried to harass me there. So, yeah, I'm very familiar with this sort of thing. Yeah, I know. I had to call the police on them. So, yeah. You know, journalists do this all the time to everyday regular people that they just decide they don't like, too. And it's unethical and it's terrible. You know, there's been plenty of examples. People have popped up on Twitter with their personal stories of, you know, major publications allowing their their journalists to publish articles with their actual details in them and the repercussions they felt because of those strictly because they might have had a political difference with them or they wanted to harm them in some way. I'm just making the point that journalistically, it's ethically irresponsible to do this when it's not necessary. There's zero reason to amplify something like that as a journalist. If an everyday, you know, if a person wants to retweet something, there's a different argument, I think, to be made. But from a journalist perspective, I think it's irresponsible to do. Well, Katie, what do you think from a... Hold on. Sorry. Okay, okay, you go first. Because I want you to get Ariadne's uh, input on this because she is... Yeah, I think that'd be good. So that'd be good uh, right after. So I'm just curious, Katie, just from a a human perspective, uh, from just like as a human being kind of going from these, you know, Elon sort of responding to potential threats, you know, whether, you know, the car, there's some debate of whether, you know, specifically the car, the the coordinates of the car uh, were connected to the plane or not, but just, you know, clearly he wouldn't have taken these actions if he did not feel that there was some threat from uh, publishing the coordinates of the jet. Like otherwise, what, why even, you know, bother with it, all of this. Right. So he, he did feel that it was a threat. So it must've been a threat or presented. Someone some jumped on the, wait, you know, Catherine, you're aware that someone jumped on like the car that his no, son no, no. was riding in. No, I know, but that, but, but some people have made the, the argument that that's not connected necessarily to the jet. But regardless, like the jet itself, you know, somebody could have followed from the jet, you know, could have followed the car that was picking up. Like we don't know exactly what, how that happened, right? So clearly the jet coordinates do present some sort of safety security issue. So even if his perspective is that he changed his mind because of that personal concern for his child's safety. And I know I, I have confirmation that it does present this all did occur. Um, did, you know, what's your perspective on the fact that amplifying this information does put a child at risk and that his actions are motivated by, you know, concern for his child? Just like what's your sort of human reaction to that? I mean, are you, are you asking if, like, I think he should be concerned for his child? Like, sure, of course. Well, if his actions are justifiable by that concern for a child, like if you were in the same boat, what actions would you have taken in that situation? I, I, that's that's impossible for, for me to imagine what I would have done. Um, if, in, in a million, I, I have not enough imagination for that. Um, but I, you know, I think speaking to why there was such a strong reaction about the journalists being uh, banned is not that I think, I, I don't think, I think people are sympathetic to the idea of a parent being concerned for their family. Sure. That's like 
of course, but I, I, that's not the only thing that's at hand necessarily. Um, and I, you know, I think that like, you know, I, I would love a platform where any sort of risk of doxing or abuse is, um, you know, moderated out as much as possible. Um, and I think what is sort of surprising is that he has indicated before that, you know, he would intend on policies that would do less of that um, for, you know, regular users. Um, you know, and then, you know, just as far as the journalists being banned, it just, I think that there was a little bit of, you know, it's not whether or not the journalists were trying to, you know, amplify danger towards a small child. Like, I, I that's not quite it. I think it's that, um, you know, the, the actual sort of actions of it were a, a little foggy. You know what I mean? Katie, do you have children? I'm just curious. I'm glad you actually couldn't hear them yelling in the background. That that makes me okay. <laughs> so you do. So I was just curious, just you know, of the perspective I mean, I don't there. Think but you have to have children to feel empathy for not wanting your family no. to be in danger, right? Like um, absolutely. So, yeah. So I, I get that. I you know I I understand that. I don't I don't think that the I don't think that the totality of the discussion here is whether or not Elon should you know, has the right to be worried about his family. Like, of course, of course he does. I, I don't, I don't my think. Que- was- my question came I'm- because I was going to ask you if someone was posting your real time location or your child's real time location, how you would feel about that. I mean, I wouldn't like it. Right. Like, I don't think anybody would like that. That seems pretty reasonable. Like, did, did you, <laughs> did you expect what? I would? Well, you know, the, the, let's, let's be clear here though. This the debate about this was in terms of the attacks on Elon Musk over the censorship or the, these bans are the suggestion is that he censored these folks because they were critical of him. And that's there's no evidence of that. And if there's no evidence of that. So what's happening is he did something. He tried to enforce a rule, however, in in artfully or imperfectly, uh, that is it was made in good faith and obviously would make sense to most people. And instead he's being attacked as if he was doing something inappropriate as, you know, uh, as some sort of neo-fascist running this corporation. When in fact he was trying to protect his family and allowing these individuals potentially to get back on the site within reason. Uh, You know, I don't, I, you know, Let's be clear. The left relies on doxing to intimidate their political opposition. They want to keep on being able to do it. And they got angry when Musk said no. And I don't agree that the left is necessarily relying. I don't think that that's necessarily an accurate way of painting it either. But I think that the way, like I have one foot in and one foot out with this whole conversation because I I do, like, for example, I don't think there was journalistic merit to, to posting like the, the the links to these like alternative places where one can follow the jet. I don't think there's justification to it. You can certainly report on the story. That's different. Um, but I think um, so. What I what I take issue with is the lack of transparency and consistency in how uh, the suspensions were sort of enforced. So I think that's valid to sort of criticize. But I think when 
people were criticizing it. I think there's also a lot of bad faith that was coming from, you know, saying that uh, a lot of the narrative was also that Elon was doing it because, you know, these journalists, he's banning all these journalists because they criticized him, because that's not the case. There's lots of people criticizing him, lots of journalists criticizing him. I've criticized him and, you know, not banned. Um, So that's that that I think is a very um, unfair character you know, I think our allegiance, especially as journalists, has to be to the truth and nothing but the truth. Uh, so I think I think two things are sort of conflated. So I think we can have empathy and sympathy for the situation he's in and sort of be honest about it. You can also criticize some of the actions or the way that he sort of implemented maybe the suspensions and sort of the lack of clarity around that and maybe the lack of clarity around changing the rules, which is why I've sort of insisted that he put those formally in the TOS when, when he was tweeting about it. Um, But at the same time, I think you also have to be really honest about, um, you know, and, and not allow, because I think, I don't think journalists are motivated necessarily by sort of leftist ideology all the time. I think it's, it's also just, or sorry, by Catherine. kind of weaponizing the doxing. I think they're, Catherine, I think, really they, I think, I think Ariana, we're Ariana, in, in has, Ariana has yeah, to Ariana pop off. To, yeah, she has She's to pop off. She's got to get on a plane. Yeah, let, let her hey. uh, ask a question, uh, Katie. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Um, Hey, Katie, how's it going? Um, I listened to your space, and I just have some questions for you, for you and anyone else that was in that space. Um, I heard, I think it was Drew Harwell and Ben Collins and others mentioned that, you know, Elon is a public figure and that he has the means to protect himself with security um, against doxing, you know, against what may happen after, um, you know, his, his, his flight is being tracked. Um with security and all that, and that um, often the most vulnerable people do not have the same privileges as he does, and they should be the ones protected by Twitter's rules. So yesterday I posted um, the screenshots and receipts of when Taylor Lorenz asked me for the address of the content houses that I managed, um, said they weren't for publication, and then proceeded to publish um, a Zillow link in the New York Times um, to the address anyway, uh, the one she said she wasn't going to publish um, while I was living there. And uh, Elon responded saying that that kind of shameful behavior will not be tolerated any longer. My question is, why does Taylor Lorenz not only get a pass from other journalists like yourself for her, you know, sh- in my opinion, shameful, unethical behavior against non-political, non-powerful minority women, but she gets painted as a, vic- uh, as a victim of misogyny and harassment. And when there's evidence of her blatant unethical behavior um why is linking to my private address relevant to her story in the new york times and why do you you know why do do the journalists um and the mainstream media seem to consider her such an expert leader um in social media technology aren't there hundreds of other talented journalists who don't operate like her and and sort of yeah so i i i uh, just wanted to hear what you had to say on that I'm sorry. What is the what is the question? What what do I think about Taylor Lorenz? Uh, my question is, you know, well, why? Why does she get a free to... pass and other people don't? Yeah. Why does Taylor Lorenz yeah, and, get a free pass and, and other people don't? And, and I, you guys I, were talking I about you can only speak uh, for yourself, right? Private, like, uh, yeah. Like Katie, you can only speak for yourself. But what is your opinion personally? Like, uh, obviously, you can't speak for other people. But why do you think she gets a pass but other people don't? What's so special about her? That's the question. 
Um, so I just I'm not familiar with the story you're describing with the Zillow link. So I, I without knowing more of the details on that, I really cannot uh, have any opinion about that. I'm sorry to say. Okay, is is her uh, linking? So is her asking us a source for an address, saying that it's not uh, public and infor- it's not going to be published then proceeding to publish it anyway of a private citizen, why, is that okay? I, like I said, I don't know this story and I... Let's just, just say hypothetically, just, just hypothetically, let's say. I, well, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know this story. I don't know the details. So I'm not Adriana. To be fair, that is a tough one to address with Katie not having the knowledge and speaking about a third person. I heard Katie bring her up to the space and say, hey, Taylor, you may have a lot to add because you're a victim of harassment, but are you aware that Taylor harasses other people in... Um, you know, she's got uh, hundreds of I'll thousands do, actually, of followers. Actually, Ariadna, I'm going to do a – I've got a great ID. I'm, I'm going to send you my number, and we could do a, a, a space. We'll bring Taylor on as well. Um, I think it will be a great discussion to have and, and uh, you know, have her and yourself on if you like, if you're open for it. I'll try to convince her to yeah, do that. Yeah, that's fine. I appreciate it. I mean, I just – I kind of heard Katie and the others sort of um, – to me, it just seemed like being very empathetic to, to people like uh, – journalists like Taylor. I'm just wondering if they're empathetic to just private citizens. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Taylor is sort of an example of someone because she is a high-profile person on Twitter. Has You know, she has been a victim of a lot of harassment and abuse, and I, I think, you know, like – um, other people mentioned real life stalkers that are kind of scary. Um, and so are a lot of not high profile people. There are many, many people over the course of Twitter's history uh, that have been victims of harassment, stalking, abuse via the platform. Um, yeah, like what's I the think TikTok? That is a victim bad. of Taylor Lorenz. Um, sorry, what's that? I said loops of TikTok, which I, uh, Rachek was doxxed by uh, Taylor Lorenz. Do you agree that's bad? Um, so that was an article in a newspaper, not something on Twitter. Yeah, I know. But do you agree that it's bad for her to dox Chaya, who was, for all intents and purposes, a very pseudonymous account that I, whose name know, was private? That's that's. Um, I'm sort of talking about moderation issues that are happening on Twitter, the platform for thousands and thousands of regular, non-verified, low-profile users. Um, not like an article in the national magazine. You know, I I, I want to jump back, if we could, Mario, to this issue. You you know, the the first account that, uh, you know, the plane tracking account initially shut down or suspended, you know, that's a separate, that's one issue. Once that happened, everyone on Twitter was on notice Sharing such material, or certainly any user of sophisticated nature that we're talking about now, who was on notice that sharing or linking to such material could get you suspended. I don't think I mean, that's this true. This is not yeah, the, the, no. the rule. I, I the really rule became. So, so I, no, I, hold, I feel, I'm I not. Fin- I'm not let me finish my point. I am. I'm. I'm. Us- I'm a pretty stupid guy, and I've been using Twitter long enough to know that echoing or pointing to material that gets someone suspended from Twitter can get you suspended from Twitter. Those journalists or activists were on notice. So there were no, there was no, uh, I don't think there was a lack of clarity here. They knew what they were doing. There was a, there was an effort 
by media journalists to try to get around the ban protecting Musk and his family. I, and I they knew the ban was there, and they tried to get around it by linking to material that they knew was prohibited under the rules, and rightfully so, prohibited. Tom, so my, from my I, perspective, wait, can, can I can I just say something real fast? I, I just think that's I don't think I agree with that because when Trump was banned for his tweets, and if journalists linked to any of his tweets, they wouldn't have been banned for it. And there's, there's plenty of other incidents. I know Trump didn't have a specific tweet he was banned for, but there have been plenty of instances where well, well, people that's have the been thing. banned for He wasn't tweets. banned for his tweets. No, no, he wasn't no. banned that, for his that was tweets. A bad example, but there have been plenty of tweets where people that, were banned for That's not true. Tweet. I, I mean, there, look, there if, if, if he, where people. Can, can, I just, can I just finish real fast? There have been yeah, plenty of tweets. Like, let's say, for example, Laura Loomer. She was banned for her, for her anti-Muslim tweet. And there are plenty of outlets that reported on that tweet. And they didn't embed the tweet, but they posted her quote. Isn't that the same thing? Maybe, but not, not, not the same as linking to the exact account that was doing, that was actually performing the same function at issue here. There's a big yeah, difference between I, I mean, linking I, I to the account. Line. I think, you yeah, know, I mean, th- th- that account was doing something knowingly at that time in violation of the rules. Uh, you know, those folks who were doing it, they knew the account was doing something that Twitter said was was putting someone at risk, and they linked to it anyway. So, you know, that's you. some people call that journalism. I think these are activists who sometimes do journalism, and now I guess they get to do what they want. And, um, uh, you know, the rest of I, us, I, I though, think, we, we have to follow been so I'd like to add, uh, I add, think it would have been I'd better. Like hear, I'd like to hear, I'd like from, hear from Katie. I think Katie had something to say about this. Hey, hey can I just so, finish? Yeah, my... just sort of, Tom, what you were saying about yeah, go, how... Go. So, uh, Katie, I'll let you finish. Uh, Ed, you'll finish your point. I know you're trying to finish your point. And then we'll go to Christy as well, because I know Christy's been waiting. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Katie. So that that you thought that the journalists, once the Elon Jet account was banned that they knew that they couldn't link to it and that was willful ban evasion. So, and that they understood the rules. And and like you said, like I've been on Twitter a long time. I think I generally kind of understand how the rules around things work. My understanding at that moment um, was that if I started myself tweeting out, you know, Elon's jet tracker location, that would be a, you know, if I took up the mantle of tweeting out flight information, that would become a violation. But I wouldn't have guessed that linking out to a different website that had the information would have been a violation. So I, wow. like, I'm like i a sort of reasonable person who's been on Twitter for a long time and kind of understands the rules. I didn't understand that rule. I, I think it's, I don't think that they understood the rule and willfully broke it is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, look, if I can't say, I, the, the similar, you know, the, the, anagl- the, 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 the comparable situation is I can't report out his address, but I can link to this to this website where his address is resident and obvious for everyone to see. No, you know, I, I think I it's a straightforward add- analysis. They all knew what they wanted to do. Uh, I, and I and they did it, did you know. That, you know them, you, I would I would add. Uh, hold on, I would add that that um uh what's this what's this stupid face? Uh, Keith Olbermann, he did it knowingly that it would get him suspended. He knowingly did that. So I can you know you can yeah you can you can argue you can actually make a pretty good argument that not all the journalists who got suspended knew what they were doing was wrong. But 
when Keith Olbermann tweeted that thing out, he knew what he was doing. So it's definitely not 100% that all of them had no idea what they were doing. Some of them had a pretty clear idea that this is something you're not supposed to do. Right. And they and they do it again, evidently, because they don't believe what they did was wrong. Even Correct. even now that the argument's been joined. Yeah, like the ones who are refusing will they do it to again? delete the tweet. Yeah, the ones who are refusing to delete the tweet, they're saying they're not, they're, they're contesting it, right? They're claiming that nothing they did was wrong. So they knew, like the ones who are not, you know, removing their tweet, they know what they did was wrong, but they won't admit it. And Ed, I'll let you finish what you were saying before we go to Kathy. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I agree with Katie there. I I don't think it was that clear. I mean, this is all new, right? This rule basically just went into effect after... Yeah, I did, I did, yeah. I realized that afterwards. Sorry. Go ahead, Ed, sorry. So, so I, I mean, this rule just went into effect. You could say, okay, it's do- considered doxing, but doxing was pretty general. Like, nobody knew the specifics of what in, what was included in doxing. And Elon specifically said that he wasn't going to ban the Elon Jet account. So... When this account was banned, okay, Elon, I, I don't blame him. I don't blame him for banning the account. He wanted to protect his family. I would have probably done the same thing. I think he could have went about it a different way. But what he did, I don't have a problem with. What I do have a problem with is banning the journalists. I think, if anything, you warn them. You take down the post, delete the tweet, and give issue them a warning, say you're not allowed to link out to Elon Jet. I think that would be a much better precedent to set. And I think... I don't think people would have had a problem with that. I don't think there'd be people saying, oh, what Elon did is so messed up. I, I'm sure there would be some people that weren't, wouldn't be happy with Elon Jet being banned. And I mean, I understand their point of view too, but I, I don't blame Elon for what he did with two, Elon Jet, just a journalist. So do you think that... Uh, and there's still one journalist who's still banned, by the way, suspended. So, and we don't really know why. So just adding that... No, well, actually, two, but I, didn't, I don't consider him a journalist. <laughs> yeah, he's refusing to remove his uh, uh, his thing. So, yeah, that's that's his. Yeah, own doing. no, there's there is uh there is Lynette Lopez. Um, she's she's actually also suspended and and not quite sure. I have no idea sure who that is. He's from something else. Uh, well, I think it was around the same time. I don't think she, but I don't mm, believe that she no, tweeted it for it something else. I have no oh, maybe. Idea. I have no idea. Maybe. So I can't really speak on it, but I think but that's a problem that we don't know why, right? So that's that's. I think that's yeah, the the, well, I mean, it's, it's a problem in general when you have no transparency, and I think that's not an issue that Elon can immediately address. Right? Like I said before, it's it's an ongoing problem, and it's an ongoing thing that needs a solution, and that can only happen when Elon actually rebuilds Twitter from the ground up. So I don't think it's really fair to hold him, you know, to every single ban that happens. I've seen people get banned left and right, even now for reasons that they claim, you know, they have no idea why they're being banned or whatever. And this these include, uh, this includes people on the right as well. So there are suspensions happening and people don't know why. And I think, you know, moving forward, maybe a few months from now, we're going to actually have that transparency. But I don't think it's really fair to say, hey, Elon, fix it right away. I mean, he's doing that. Already. I mean, yeah. And I mean, to be fair, we have been holding people, I mean, um, as, as I am being critical because I want to hold both sides to the same standard or both iterations of Twitter yeah, to but, the same but standard. Realistic, right? but, but I'm also, yeah, but I'm also going to say that like um, the people who are criticizing the Twitter 2.0 are, did not criticize it as much in Twitter 
1.0. Yeah, so there is a bit of hypocrisy there too. Um, by the way, we have a question from Christy. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was yeah. going to say as well. So let's go to Christy. Um, would love to hear from you. And Kathy, thanks for joining us. Finally, we figured out that, uh, it doesn't Twitter, uh, Twitter spaces does not work on a desktop. So <laughs> welcome. Ah, maybe that's why Connor, oh no, Connor was trying to join from his phone. No, no. This is my first. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good, Kathy. <laughs> we're glad, we're glad, we're glad this is the first space you joined yeah. it. And I'll give you the mic so, in a bit to get, to get your thoughts on this. Before we go Thanks. to Christy, uh, I just want to read a reply that I got from Tracy Connors. That's a really good point. She says, the band journalists went kamikaze in the hopes of achieving modern status and boosting their follower count to whatever platform they scurry to. I agree with that. Uh, I think that's the reason why Keith Olbermann did it, for one. He knew he was being a martyr, and, and this is maybe the same for a lot of the other journalists who were banned subsequent to the original tweet. Uh, Christy, thank you so much for waiting uh, for so long. I appreciate you coming in as well. No, no problem. Uh, Mario, Ian, Catherine, thank you so much for hosting this. This has been a Absolutely. really interesting. Nice to talk to you yeah, again. Great discussion to listen to. Um, really, really helpful to understand all of the, you know, the, the different uh, points of view in this um, and even having Matt on here. Um, but yeah, so my whole perspective on this is uh, pretty weird, I guess, um, because I'm sure some of you probably listened to me back in on Clubhouse back in, uh, you know, late December 2020. Oh, that was and, brutal. Uh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> it's I, a struggle I session. I haven't come on a, you know, a platform in a long time since then. But um, yeah, I was, yeah. So, so like, you know, I've, I've been a, a legal journalist for a long time. Um, I worked my way up from smaller newspapers to Bloomberg. Um, I've covered many things in court. Um, I have a lot of lawyer sources. Um, but anyway, so I like litigation and people fighting from different angles. Like I'm used to that and like also kind of like trying to find middle ground. Um, but on top of that, I'm also, uh, you know, I, I left my job at Bloomberg because I dated Martin Shkreli. So there was a whole uh, crazy thing with that. The point is that um, I have seen so many angles of this kind of debate, um, both as a participant and as a journalist. And as a person who was close to somebody who was in the middle of like, you know, a big media, you know, media storm. Um, and I think that there's a lot of, uh, you know, like interesting points to be made here, um, which which kind of like um, hopefully I'm trying to hug the middle ground. Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a centrist, left leaning journalist, um, but I, you know, I totally like respect the point of view of conservatives where they feel like 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 left wing journalists are mostly just trying to shut them down as opposed to actually encourage free speech. I think that's totally a thing that happens. But um, there's also the point that needs to be made here, I think, from like a 10,000 foot view that free speech is really, really hard um, because it can never be totally free. There always have to be guardrails um, for public safety and the safety of, like, you know, Elon, obviously, and his children and everyone else. Um, and there is, uh, you know, it's really, I think tech people, like, have a little bit of hubris when it comes to, like, you know, venturing into the space and not understanding that they have to think through those things and they have to think about... Well, like Reddit used to allow creep shots. They used to allow virtual child pornography because, you know, it's legal under the First Amendment, right? And Reddit got a lot of hot water for this back in 2014, 2013. You know, uh, Gawker actually took them to task for it. And good job, Gawker. 
which inevitably, well, not inevitably, but it shows <laughs> later on to start publishing, you know, sex tapes of Hulk Hogan, and that got them in hot water, and they went under afterwards. So <laughs> they didn't yeah. follow their own rules. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, totally. Um, it's it's not, it's it can never be totally absolute. I'm, I'm very much in favor of free speech. I think there should be, like, more free speech than not free speech. Um, and I am totally supportive of people speaking out, saying things that I disagree with. But um, I, you know, there have to be rules for public safety. There has to be transparency. Um, and there has to be some kind of process. And 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 I I do think that there is a legitimate criticism of, of Elon in that, you know, he's he's the guy, right? Like it's all kind of like his whims and his uh, feelings um, that influence a lot of this uh, of these discussions. And and I I hope that he takes it to heart and thinks about having a more um, you know if he really cares about free speech, which I hope he does. He cares a lot about you know having being able to figure out where his own biases are. And figure out a way to to to, inter- to counteract that. Even even journalists are not great all the time at counteracting their own biases. I there are many journalists working for mainstream publications who are far more liberal than I am, and they pretend not to be. Uh, they pretend <laughs> they pretend that like you know that they're uh, that they're the, the voice of reason, and they're not always. They are you know they're being dishonest sometimes. Um, I know that sometimes I've seen some of Matt Binder's tweets where he has, uh, you know, he's he's been sort of deliberately evasive or he's, you know, avoided confronting some factual issue in his tweet. And I call him out on it and he doesn't say anything to me. So <laughs> that suggests that, like, he knows he doesn't want to answer. Um, and uh, and and I sorry, I'm kind of jumbling a bunch of things together. I'll finish up quickly. But um, just for uh, the benefit of anyone who was listening to Ariadna a second ago. Ariana Jacob um, and her whole thing with Taylor Lorenz. Um, I do think that there is kind of a cabal of journalists um, who have been kind of popular on this platform, like, you know, kind of popular people in high school almost. And they've kind of made the rules themselves and been able to break rules when they want to. And I never had anything against Taylor Lorenz. And I still, you know, have some things about her that I really respect. But I do think she's part of that cabal in a sense where she gets to like make her own rules. And uh, it was really interesting. I'll just share this anecdote real quick and then peace out. But like, you know, I came across Ariadna um, in a Twitter feed. Um, she had had she had a beef with Taylor Lorenz. And I was like, all right, well, what is this about? You know, I know if, if you know, the New York Times does a negative piece about you, you're going to have a, be- a beef with the New York Times reporter. That makes sense. Um, and I wanted to know what her actual story was. And she had, she showed me some documents and emails and stuff. And she had a legitimate concern that her side of her point of view and her defenses were not represented at all or not represented substantially in the piece that Taylor wrote. And I was like, you know, all right, fine. I don't want to like, you know, criticize Taylor's work, but like, I'll go ahead. I worked for a, you know, I was an editor or I was a reporter at a, you know, just a small online publication I'll go ahead and do an interview with you. We'll just talk about what happened and tell your side of the story fully. I'm not going to make it this into a thing about Taylor. Um, and so we did. And I just did an interview about what happened that led to the story. What happened immediately after that was Taylor blocked me. She started tweeting nasty stuff about my editor, even though my editor didn't really have a major role in this. But basically, I think she blocked me and then started tweeting the stuff. 
so she could blame the male editor and not have me intercede and say, hey, no, this is me. Um, and then also, like, you know, all of her, like, friends came after me on Twitter. And just because, I, all because I had given this woman a little bit of a platform to be able to explain herself. And I think that, that kind of stuff, that's not okay. That is not journalistically sound. Like, you should be, if you are a journalist and you care about free speech, you care about information, you should welcome, like, more information. You should welcome more perspective from other people. Maybe it, maybe it challenges you a bit. Maybe it puts you, a, you know, like, makes you feel a little bit like, maybe I didn't do everything I needed to do here. But you should welcome more information. And I do feel that it, old regime of Twitter, like, supported a certain cabal of journalists that did not do that. And I don't know if they're activists. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. I think they're activists for themselves. <laughs> I think that they're trying to, you know, generate the biggest audiences they can and like be the biggest stars they can. They don't necessarily care about the, you know, principles they're espousing. But um, they are, uh, you know, they're they're not doing the hardcore journalism work that which is really sad. They just they, they do a disservice to much of journalism because a lot of journalists aren't like that. Like this is like. 5% of journalists, 95% of journalists are working really hard to try to get the story right. And their, their reputations are being ruined by these people. So I've just sent um, a, I've just sent an invite to Taylor because I, I was just checking my DMs. It's since she DM'd me a few weeks ago. Um, she needed help to cover the FTX story, uh, Mr. DM. And she gave me a number. So I'm going to just text her now, see if she can jump in. Because I know that um, you brought her up, Christine, and we had um, uh, Arianda, I think her name was, mm-hmm. she brought it up as well. So it would be good to, what do you think, Catherine? Well, that'd be really interesting if she does that. Um, that would be a very interesting conversation. I don't know if she will, but hey, I, I'll respect. If she joins, I'm inviting Liz to TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> are they are they back? Are they back well, on that'd TikTok? Be a very good conversation. No, 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 Liz on TikTok. Yeah. yeah, are they back? Oh, yeah, but are Liz on TikTok back on Twitter? Yeah. They've- yeah, they've been around forever. For a while. Oh, well, didn't they? I thought yeah. they got suspended, Ian. Wasn't there a whole story about them getting suspended because they... They got uh... suspended six times. Six times, but it was, uh, you know, for not violating the rules, actually. Also, I'm but told that, that under Keith... the old regime. Also, I'm told that Keith Olbermann is also back now, so he's no longer tweeting as his dog. Um, excellent news for, for everyone. Um, I'd love to welcome Kathy and would love to hear some thoughts from her and, and you know, if get a little bit of an introduction perhaps yeah and, and like before before actually kathy before you go i know b- just before you go i would like piotr to comment on something if you don't mind uh, catherine because you've been trying to make a point for a while and then i'd love kathy's point on piotr's what piotr says piotr uh you did text me you got a, a pretty um, controversial take on this so i'd love to get your thoughts unless i misunderstood you, you like the controversial takes i'm your controversial come to um i think it's a very good discussion actually i really really appreciated what um uh, Christine, uh, Christy, excuse me, was saying, and, and Kathy, it's nice to see you. Uh, we chatted briefly with Kato back in, I think, pre-pandemic at Kato, so nice to see you. Oh, really? Um, Hi. Yeah, yeah, well, Russians, well, I've got some Russian I think heritage, I, remember so I appreciate you, your background. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perhaps. But anyway, um, yeah, the we comment I just... Yeah, we Russian club here. <laughs> yeah, well, we should do a Russian space at some point. But um, to the point I wanted to just... And, and, and I hope Tara doesn't immediately unmute and, uh, and, and go at me, but just something that I noticed quite interesting, which is that, you know, Musk has been about allowing anybody of any background and perspective to be able to speak freely and, you know, for there to potentially be controversiality around it. 
suddenly though, and I understand that it's a personal situation. I think there's also, before I make the final point, there's a bit of context here. So a lot of these real time flights are important for not just personal people's flights, but say grain shipments to and from Ukraine. Um, a lot of people who do uh, monitoring of the Ukrainian situation, not necessarily because they're sort of pro-Ukrainian and anti-Russia, just from a purely military standpoint. Um, Twitter has been incredibly useful for Flight 24 radar and things like that. So um, the point is that uh, Musk reacted by banning a lot of these accounts very quickly. And so suddenly we've got this situation now where we've got this, you know, he, he says he wants to be able to create Twitter as a town hall, a town square where everybody can come for every singular reason. But he's now beginning to reactively sort of ban or suppress or mute certain entities. Now, don't forget, most people in here, that I am actually quite open to what Musk is doing. I've been very disconcerted by what we've learned from the original owners of Twitter and what they've been doing for uh, freedom of speech from certain non-left uh, entities. But I do find it quite ironic that Musk is, in certain ways, doing the thing that he said he would never do. Um, and how the narrative has, among us, not necessarily only people in here, has slightly shifted in the past couple of days. So I just wanted to make that observation. It's not necessarily where I stand. It's just something that I thought would be important to bring to the frame. But otherwise, uh, good room and good discussion. Thanks, man. Cathy, did you want to uh, respond to that point by Piotr and, and get your thoughts on the matter as well? Uh, well, I... I think that's a really that's a good point by Peter. I don't really have any comment on that specifically. Uh, more broadly, first of all, I agree with a lot of what Christie said in terms of my general perspective. Where you know I do think, and I've written about this many times, that I think there is an issue at Twitter uh, and other social media with first of all non-transparent moderation. I think that's you know, that is a real problem. And there is also an issue with uh, a sort of general left-wing slant where, and, you know, Jack Dorsey, by the way, admitted this, where he said, you know, we really try to be fair, but at the same time, a lot of our staff are on the left, and we know that we tend to have a kind of, you know, unconscious bias, maybe. And I think that's been a real problem in terms of, uh, you know, for instance, what do you regard as harassment? Uh, because, you know, one thing, one thing that I've written about, for instance, which I think is really um, sort of, you know, relevant to this, uh, the, the whole narrative around, har tw around online harassment really has been primarily dominated by progressive activists where, you know, first of all, there's been this really false narrative that women are the primary targets of Internet harassment, uh, which is really not true unless, like, you look at some very specific kinds of sexual comments, which you know, are more often directed at women. But in terms of, like, threats and stalking and so on, it, it, it's really not true that it's directed mainly at women or mainly at feminists. Uh, and the other thing that I've always found interesting, for instance, like there are modes of progressive activism on Twitter that I personally think should be regarded as harassment, like certain types of, 
you know, mobbing, you know, Twitter mobbing someone who you believe has engaged in racist behavior, trying to get them fired. You know, I've seen these situations happen a lot, you know, where someone is accused of often on very flimsy grounds of racist or sexist behavior. And suddenly people are tweeting at their employer. And I mean, they're really like they're they're doing like offense archaeology where they're digging up this person's tweets from, you know, 10 years ago, trying to pin something uh, you know, horrible, racist, sexist, etc. on them. So yeah, and I think that has not been regarded as a form of harassment. And I really do wonder why. I mean, if you look at this, um, this story that you may remember, Justine Sacco, uh, you know, the woman who tweeted a joke, basically, you know, saying that she she was flying to South Africa, and she tweeted this joke saying, you know, going to Africa, hope I don't get A's, just kidding, I'm white. What she was trying to do was sort of mock the clueless, white, privileged person. But a lot of people took that seriously, and she was in flight. At the time, there was no in-flight Wi-Fi, really, so she couldn't explain. And this woman's life was completely destroyed. Like, she was vilified, she was... Wild, hold on, she, so she, 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 all, all this, Kathy, all this happened while she was on flight? Yeah, there was a there was a um, uh, a hashtag called uh, there was a has Justine landed yet hashtag and like people were actually like having fun very sadistically you know in my view with the fact that she was up in the air you know cut off from Wi Fi and she was being just viciously trashed and torn apart and she had no idea like by the time she landed her hotel reservation had been canceled because she was vilified like all around the world as a rape. And this is not regarded as Twitter harassment. I mean, that's like the paradigmatic Twitter harassment story, in my opinion, you know, but it doesn't get classified that way because a lot of people who were doing that were, you know, anti-racists who believed that they were like doing God's work, basically. So, yeah, I mean, I think that this rather long <laughs> preliminary is basically to say that, yeah, I completely agree that there has been a lot of partisan bias, a lot of political bias. Um, in the way that Twitter rules has been enforced, like in the way that harassment has been defined. Uh, I think, you know, the, the, you, you guys were just talking about Taylor Lorenz. Um, I mean, I've interacted with Taylor. She's always been very nice to me. Uh, but, you know, I do think that she has gotten away with behavior that is really ethically questionable. Uh, yeah, there's no question about that. And, um, and I think that that's, uh, you know, that's a problem. I, I, I think that she does get away with things that somebody on the right probably would not have gotten away with, uh, you know, at least not with their reputation intact. Um, so, yeah, in that sense, I, I think a lot of the freak out over uh, the Musk takeover in the beginning was really partisan. Uh, and I think there really was uh, on the part of a lot of people on the left the sort of sense that Twitter is kind of a progressive playground and uh, you know suddenly uh this guy who is from the other political tribe is coming in and taking over um so yeah again in that sense i'm sort of sympathetic to a lot of the kind of the pro-musk discourse um and i think some of what he did like some of the people that he brought back who were banned um like well let's say like megan murphy who is a uh um feminist who is 
and I just got sorry, just to interrupt. You got a question because I'm just going through your thread as well. So you do make so you did a whole thread on on your you, you went deep into the whole Musk story. You talked about how Musk offered the teenager behind Elon oh, Jet yeah, yeah. Well, five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I wanted to get your thought because you do say that. Uh, you know, other billionaires have a similar tool tracking them and they never be- oh, made yeah, a big yeah, fuss yeah. about it's it. By the, same guy. by the same guy. So, yeah, at the same time, and this is what I'm leading up to. So, you know, just to say that I'm really not like politically biased against Elon Musk. That said, I mean, I, I, I have a lot of questions about the way that has been acting. And I think in specifically like this whole flight tracker issue. Okay, first of all, so this has been around... Uh, I'm not sure for how long, but I know that in February, he uh, basically said that he felt that this thing was um, was a security risk. He didn't want this to be, uh, you know, to be a part of uh, Twitter. And he offered this guy, he offered this teenager who, who devised it, uh, $5,000 to uh, shut it down. And the kid basically said, no, I want like 50000 so you know and then uh, and then musk blocked him so they had that exchange i think that you know the kid was being sort of a sort of a jerk you know i mean i really i mean what what is the point but at the same time first of all the kid says that he was like when he created this thing he was actually a, a huge elon musk fan and he was like super excited when elon musk got in touch with him. So, I mean, I'm thinking that maybe that was a way like, for him to get Elon Musk's attention. Who knows? But yeah, I feel also... like that has changed now. I feel like now oh, yeah, yeah, No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Can I, I just wanted has... to let you guys know that Elon just tweeted back in regard to, I don't know if you guys saw that Ted Lieu, uh, you know, responded in regard to the Matt Taibbi uh, Twitter files drop yesterday. He said he's on the House Judiciary Committee that has oversight over the FBI and that Matt is lying. He said the FBI has lots of agents chasing child sex predators and terrorists. Please stop undermining and lying about federal law enforcement. And Elon just responded to Matt's response to that, which said being on that committee, you should know, number one, how much has been spent and how many DHS, DOJ employees have been assigned to monitoring and flagging social media. Why is the FBI asking for location information about ordinary Americans and media outlets like RSB Network? Elon just responded to that moments ago and said, Congressman Liu, Liu, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. Were you aware of this program and did you approve it? Simple questions require simple answers. And I just want to let you know, Mario, that I tagged uh, this Ted gentleman and asked him to come and talk to us in the space. I don't know that he will, but thought it might be worth a try. Yeah, send me send me the handle. I'll get I'll I'll tag him as well. Uh, hit him up. Um, okay, but thanks so for yeah, sharing I'm that, Tara. Appreciate it. Maybe. Yeah, go ahead, Kathy. Oh, okay. So yeah, so a couple of more points about the flight trackers. So yeah. There, this 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 kid has similar jet trackers for a whole bunch of people. I'm not sure how many, but it's definitely for Bill Gates, for uh, Donald Trump, by the way, for Jeff Bezos. And I mean, it's really not. If you look at the pattern of who he has flight trackers for, you really cannot say that there's any sort of partisan, uh, you know, thing there. So this is not a program to harass conservatives. This is not a program to, you know, harass critics of, you know, woke progressivism or whatever. It's it's just not that. The other thing that I think really needs to be understood because I did finally check out the. Um, the flight tracker on one of the other platforms where it's available. And 
it is really not. I mean, I think the comparison to tweeting out someone's address or exact location in real time is really, really off base because all it tells you is that, you know, Elon Musk's jet has taken off from, you know, this or that city. And then when the flight lands, it tells you which city or which airport it landed. In. Uh, I am really, really skeptical that someone could use this to track his location in real time. Because by the time, I mean, unless you have people waiting, like lying and wait at every single airport and, you know, ready to pounce. Uh, by the time that somebody would get to the airport, like if someone were to be like stalking Musk, uh, he would be long gone from the airport. And I mean, the, uh, the, this idea, by the way, that because he ostensibly um, decided to ban that. Dropped out. Um, yeah. That, you know, I just want to address that. Twitter, I think he that, said, uh, I'm so. I think that because you know it shows you where the plane is going so you would know when elon musk is entering a certain airport so if you live in los angeles you know exactly when he's coming in so i do think it's a threat uh you know to be able to stalk somebody on that level it's certainly a lot more information than you would have on anybody else yeah, I would say, uh, Kathy, I muted you because your line started cutting in and out. So if you can hear us, you could unmute and, and finish the point you were making. Okay, you're, uh, you're still muted. I think now. she's connected. Uh, yeah, oh, good. I'm, so, I'm not so we'll quite go. sure what the issue is here. Why are we still debating whether it's appropriate or whether, you know, we know what happened. Someone showed up at the airport. Musk, who runs the company, he's the corporate head of the company, has tied it to specific information from this account, and so he prohibited that type of uh, that type of location data from being presented on the. I mean, what's there to question here? Yeah, it's kind you of know right. what it's happened. Not a hypothetical situation. Right? Yeah, it's I mean, this is not you know. In this oh, case, it's already happened. Yeah, we 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 already have. There's a evidently there's been police activity related to it. There's been a complaint. At least the LAPD has been pursuing it in some way. The or the sheriff's office there. You know, what's the issue here? The well, issue the here is the the left wants to make an issue of Elon Musk. They decided to make an issue of where he was going to be traveling to. And I suspect it's based on prior experience with leftist targeting of, of opponents is to generate controversy and 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 um demonstrations or confrontations at those locations. That it's what they were doing ways, with Supreme though. Court I, I mean, justices, I, I and it's what they're doing sides. with Elon Musk. Uh, at, 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 at. Let, let, let Tom finish his point, please. I mean, it's what they did with Supreme Court justices. The Washington Post was praising and promoting illegal protests at the home of Supreme Court justices. And so it's no surprise to there me... There was an assassination attempt. There was an assassination right, the, attempt on... Even after... You scared Ethan, the shit and, out of it, Ian. I thought there was one now. I thought he's doing breaking news, Ian. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there, there was one. And, <laughs> and, and so this was. is the same, yeah. this is the same, uh, act, media activist approach. Musk is the next target. They're hoping to get, and of course, then they'll report on the demonstrations and the, and the, and, and the intimidation at activities at these airports as evidence that Elon Musk is controversial and advertisers should flee Twitter. Uh, this is, it's such a racket here, and I just I feel the need to kind of pull back each time we start buying, playing into the game here. 
It's a game. They're targeting Musk. They knew what they were doing, and they want to yep. be able to abuse the rules and abuse him to get him to stop reforming and promoting free speech on on this key platform. I think it's unfair to say it's this hap- This is left is doing it to right is because people in the it right is do left it is doing it to right us. It is left is doing it to right us though. Yeah, I mean this example is, but it goes other way plenty of times too. I literally it, have, where, where, where? how does it where yeah point where? out one single Name example one, one example. I, I literally ha- I literally have a stack of letters calling me a. K I K E on my desk. Yeah, yeah well, did anyone exactly give out yeah, your address? That's a mean letter. Yeah. Yes, mean people have given my address out plenty of times. No, and I, I literally had somebody call a bomb threat into the Fort Myers airport under my name. I had, I had somebody call a daycare making threats to kids under my name. Well, that's so inappropriate. That's not the issue here. The issue is, did someone go on to Twitter and say Ed's going to be in a certain location and should be targeted? No, they didn't. So there's bad people. There's bad people on the right. There's bad people on the left. To make this, I don't think it's a both sides issue. There is a difference. There is a difference between a like. Look, nobody on the right is platforming these vile human beings who attacked you. Nobody on the right is doing this. But this is no, done no systemically one, well, I mean, to those on were, the right. No, but these individuals were people on the right. So? I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. The point like, is, is, they're not... People on the right do it to platform. people on the left. People on the they're left not being platformed. The right. We're not platforming these people. We're not giving them spaces to tell their story about why they attacked you. We're not doing that. Whereas you see this happen all the time on the left where they platform these activist organizations that are actively going after the Supreme Court justices, and now they're going after Elon Musk. I, I, I disagree with you. Well, okay. I, I disagree. Uh, I, I think it goes okay. both ways. Mario, can I hop in because I got to go? Yeah, go ahead. Bro. Go ahead. Thanks. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Tom, Tom, it's not that simple, bud. Um, you know, you know, I know what you're saying here, but, you know, you're using different examples. You can't use the example from the Supreme Court justices where they're outside their house there's, you know, by the way, doxing itself isn't a crime. Go ahead and look it up. You can go to cyberstalking, you can go to harassment, but doxing itself is not a crime. So, so everyone here getting all emotional and talking about so what this. So, what if it's not a crime? Virtual child it's not a crime. Not a Ian, crime. let me finish. Yeah, Ian, let me finish. Let me finish, Ian. Let me finish, Ian. Ian, let me finish because you guys just talk amongst each other and give each other an echo chamber. Let me finish and then you can tear me apart. My point is, Elon. <laughs> Elon started this and he said, listen, it's going to be a 1A space, anything within up into the bounds of the law, right? Well, that's not what we have now. Now we have terms of service that are restricting us inside of 1A. Ian, give me a you second. I'll finish. Ian, Elon, mm, Ian, let me, Ian, let me finish for, my uh, statement. Ian, I know you'd like to do I this. Gotta, gotta, let me finish, Ian. Let me finish. Ian, I have a statement. No, no, Ian, I'm not going to let you cut me off. Not gonna let you cut me off. Yes, I'm gonna uh, finish my statement. You know what? I can mute your microphone, so I'll do that. Yeah. I'll unmute him. <laughs> the point. The point I'm trying no, to make. Uh, come here, on, Ian. Right? Don't do that, that, buddy. Come on, Ian. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Let, Ian, me, let me go first. Ian, let me go first. Ian, Ian, I'm oh, not gonna be muted. I'm not gonna allow it. If you want to mute me, I'll leave. If you want to hear the same shit from everyone else who's not a lawyer, okay, you're, then go ahead. Speaking. Oh, yeah, enough with the insult. Yeah. Not cool. Of that. Like, okay, so the point I, I'm trying I mean, to make I, here is that if it was journalists on the left that were being doxxed and harassed, they would be whining at Elon Musk. 
they would be whining at Elon Musk and saying, hey, why don't you remove this uh, harassment against me? And how would that play out? But wait, wait, wait. Fact, but that never for happened. Weeks, though. For weeks, that they were saying though. that threats, they were saying for weeks, threats had increased. Now, there's no evidence that threats had increased, but that's what they were saying. So why is it suddenly, why is it not okay for Elon Musk to take action against these threats? When he's actually taking action, they're opposed to it. It seems to me like they're reactionaries more so than anything else. He does one thing and they're like, oh, that's not okay. He does the opposite thing and they're like, oh, that's not okay. So which way is it? So I want to, I want to, I'm trying to bring back. So Ian, I, I, you did, you, you responded to the point. Do you mind if we bring back Crypto Lawyer just to, to make the point again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, go you got ahead. the opportunity to respond. Yeah, I, I am uh, just trying to find him. Uh, if you can find him, that would be great. Um, so I'll go to, while we're waiting for Crypto Lawyer to come back on. Musk, you know, he talked about the free speech generally, but since he took over the platform, he's been very clear about keeping the moderation uh, enforcement going. And I, I haven't necessarily agreed with him on it. He's talked about freedom of speech as opposed to freedom of reach, which I think is potentially problematic in terms of uh, suppressing content that is politically controversial, but within fair re- fair bounds in terms of discourse. Um, you know, so, Has so, he been I mean, clear he, about he, he, he never He never said he was going to come in for anarchy. Uh, and, and it certainly has been managing it that way. Uh, so... Um, you know, so, so to suggest that he came in and said everything goes on this platform is is not accurate. Well, he did say complete. He said free speech, and then he started adding things arbitrarily. Like my issue with no, Musk, he said freedom that, of speech, not freedom of speech, not freedom of reach. He, and he also he said did, but that he will not that? let Twitter become a hellscape. He will not allow okay. Twitter to become a free for all hellscape. This was Here's the thing, very, though. Very he kind on. of changes. He constantly changes things as he goes. No, and he doesn't. My problem. No, he doesn't. Yes, he, no. Does. he doesn't. He doesn't. No, and he you doesn't. just no, you can't just say we can't just be going. Yes, he does. Yes, no, he doesn't. Like his actions well, have shown. We can agree to disagree. That... We can agree to disagree on what no, you said. But I have no. a record saying that he did not change his mind arbitrarily. This is Look, he, quite simple. Don't things. let Twitter become a free for all hellscape. Okay, he might. Sure. Okay, let's let's agree on that. But he constantly changes things. He introduces new things, and there is a lack of clarity. And about he did say them. that he would mess up. He did say he would he, mess up. He does. He did say that. But I here's my my issue with that. I think I understand, and sometimes maybe it will lead to something so absolutely brilliant, and maybe that is the right path. Maybe. But maybe not. Maybe he needs to kind of think and brainstorm that in a little think tank with, you know, some other no, brilliant people. No, no, absolutely Why? not. You, you can't, like, I'd love to have clarification. When you say you don't agree, I'd love for you to say why no. you don't agree, why that's not because the right Because the way. old Twitter used to do that. They used to have a committee. It's called a trust and safety committee. And we all know where that went. Well, that was a bureaucratic committee. Like, you can have a committee of, of fun people committee. who are... That's the thing. Elon can do a committee of... He was going to do one. Lex Freeman or something. <laughs> he wanted to create one, and pe- many people are opposed to it because they saw where to go, right? He gave these people a chance. He gave these activists a chance. But instead, they went on the attack, and they called Wait, for him... He said he was going to create a committee, Ian. He said he yes. was going to create a committee. That yeah, committee never happened. We never heard about it again. They broke. No, 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 no. We did hear about it. He, what? He when? To explain why. Look, look back at his tweets. Look, 
when the ADL came after him, right, before they went after him, he actually agreed with them. He said, hey, you can be on a committee, you can decide the moderation rules. And they agreed not to attack him, not to attack his appetizers. But instead, a day later, they all started boycotting his appetizers. They started sending out mass emails. There's evidence of this. Mass emails, all his appetizers, telling them that Twitter was, was enabling his mean- speech. Okay, doesn't mean so, it has to so not have the committee. It, just does, it doesn't have to have so the ADL in it. It can have other people it in it. Like all these other organizations in it. All of them. He never together. said you what these organizations MMFA. were. None of that was transparent. Like, who? Wh- wh- how do you? Know, like, that's on them. Well, uh, it's, I, I'm with Catherine be, on this. I, mean, and I, mean, I'll, like, I'll, like, before I like before I give you the mic, uh, just sorry, like, uh, 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 just two I'll give you the mic. I promise. I promise. I'm not interrupt. I'm interrupting just to say, crypto lawyer. I'm trying to send you an invite just to come back up. Ian, if you can also send him an invite, it'd be great as well. Uh, just so it works for him. <laughs> I don't think he wants to join. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure he does. I know crypto lawyer because uh, Gorka introduced me to him, Sebastian Gorka. Um, so I've DM'd him as well. He'll, I'm sure he will. I'll convince him to join. Uh, sorry, go ahead. That's sorry to interrupt, man. I, I'm just saying, I, I agree with Catherine here. I, I think Elon is just kind of going with the flow. He's experimenting and he's changing things as he goes along. He's like, oh crap, this isn't actually working. Uh, you can see it in his tweets. Like he puts out these suggestions and people say, wait, that's not going to work because of this. And then he has another tweet the next day kind of explaining it more. And, and you can tell he's like just working with the idea and getting feedback. So, I don't. I. I think he has this idea. He wants free speech, right? And he. He has this idea that he wants to help humanity. Like, there's no arguing that. But I think it's the problem is lines have to be drawn. And just like with Jack Dorsey, he drew lines in places, and his lines were, you know, too many drawn lines because he is. A, he was a liberal, and he drew, drew lines that were more beneficial to the left. He was right? feckless. He so, has so, no but, but I mean, Elon's going to have to draw lines. There's no free speech isn't 100% free speech. He's going to have lines that can be crossed, lines that can't be crossed. And his personal biases are going to affect that one way or the other. I'm not saying political biases, but his personal biases, what he thinks is right, what he thinks is wrong. He's going to draw a line and say what can and cannot be done. If something affects him personally, like this Elon Jet thing, it might convince him that, you know, this isn't a good idea. Uh, you know, like, like say it was, say somebody was doxing, uh, let's say Ted Lieu, the congressman that we had talked about. Let's say he was being doxxed. Do you think Elon would have been so abrupt and would have deleted that account, would have banned every liberal? Probably yeah. not. But now that he yeah. was affected by it, I think he's going to be like, okay, now I see why this isn't a good idea. So I, I, I think there's a lot of experimentation. I, I don't think we really know where this is going to end up. He's a smart guy. I think he's probably one of the best people to come up with an idea how to fix this problem. But we had to just wait and see. Mario, every, every major institution in this nation, certainly on a transnational basis, is is organized against free speech. Democratic Party, uh, the Academy, the major media institutions. Of course, there are other exceptions. But institutionally, everything is being organized to suppress speech of left-wing political opponents. You have the president of the United States calling in big tech media companies, telling the censor people. We have evidence of criminal activity by the FBI to violate civil rights of innocent Americans to get Twitter and other uh, social media companies to take them down. So in the face of this, Elon Musk comes into a company that's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's like Trump coming into the White House. 
in terms of the deep state. And so he comes in with good intentions. He runs into a buzzsaw, is trying to deal with what he can to advance the free speech agenda while being attacked by those who oppose free speech and want to destroy him, his family, and his company in order to do so. And so all of these concerns and the, that we're hearing from the peanut gallery, and I sometimes do it myself, is needs to be placed in that context. He wants free speech, and virtually every major institution in this country opposes that and is desperate to keep hold of the suppression that has been going on on social media. And Musk could break that open in significant ways, so he must be destroyed. So every controversy, however, ones that he falls into of his own by his own mistakes or ones that, you know, are made up, are going to be used to try to undermine free speech. And that's that's kind of the big picture we should be looked at here. Uh, yeah, a lot of it is concern trolling. Jim, I'll, I'll give you the final word, and I got Millie. Millie and Jim, give you the final words, guys, um, as I try to bring up Crypto Lawyer. Go ahead, Jim. Okay, well, thank you. Um, I've got more than 20 years in the business, and, and um, I, I just can't – I don't understand why major journalists and major publications, BuzzFeed, New York Times, others, are linking to the work of a 20-year-old non-vetted student I realize he's been doing this for a while. I realize he's using public information. But Gannett, of all people, USA Today has a link up, which I challenged them about three months ago. Uh, they started linking to sites off-site that were were anonymous, that weren't vetted, because they were about a Republican candidate. And that's the 800-pound gorilla in this debate. Th- these are about the immediate dropping of standards or double standards when it comes to a right-leaning billionaire, which he really isn't or a Republican candidate for Secretary of State in Indiana, or a Republican candidate for Congress in Indiana, who, when she criticized her Democratic um, candidate, the Northwest Times of Indiana, said she was encouraging violence against her Democratic incumbent opponent. So, um, you know, we've always been told in in newsrooms, you know, take care when you tweet. Um, If you retweet the work of a, a friend or a competitor, you know, be careful about it. And uh, the dossier, for example, was a major failure in journalism. Axios never published it. I don't. I think they minimized their reporting on it. And um, uh, you know, the bottom line is this is all happening because of not just bias, but a you know. I'll end with this. Just, I think we should all see this. They dropped their standards almost immediately, and and they they turned it into a free speech issue, which it's not. I would challenge them. Show me your work. Show me your math. Did you vet this guy? You know. And also, what about Elon's argument? What you know? How much reporting have we seen on this guy that jumped on his uh, uh, ex's car? I'll leave it at that. Oh, I got a piece of news here. Uh, David Sachs just tweeted out that real-time doxing is illegal in California under Penal Code 653.2. It is not constitutionally protected speech, and Elon Musk replied to it. The journalists are aware of the violent stalker and yet still dox my real-time location of my family. Turns out that's a criminal offense. So I think this our whole argument is mute. It's not a free speech issue. It's actually a legal issue now. So what they're doing is actually illegal. So, boom. In, uh, in California, is that correct? In California, that's correct, yes. And his plane is in California. Keep that in mind. 
a lot of these journalists are also in California as well. So there you go. That discussion is, is, is completely moot. It's not a free speech issue. It's a legal issue. And it's illegal in California and probably a few other states as well. So. I just Stop asked Elon, I said, why is the press more concerned about the journalist's feelings than the safety of him and his family? That's a good question. Very good question. Piotr? So, yeah, I mean, this, it's not a free speech issue. I mean... That... <laughs> That's a really good point, Ian. Um, I was even going to say that, that, you know, in some areas it is a crime. So we're not dealing with just simply a free speech issue, which I'm a very big advocate for free speech but if something's illegal and a crime then obviously they have to remove that content you know i actually know a conservative person on twitter who has been being harassed and doxxed to the point where um, accounts have been posting her social security number so obviously elon has to address those instances because not only you know can crimes happen because you get somebody's social security number or private information but there was also a story where a man was doxxed his home address was doxxed and people harassed him and actually swatted him and the swatting actually resulted in him being so stressed out he had a heart attack and died so i mean there's issues with doxing so journalists should know better and know that they shouldn't be putting people in direct harm's way especially children and they shouldn't be doxing people it's not a free speech issue. It's it's criminal in nature. Just like you have to remove child pornography, it's a crime. You got to get it out of there. So I've invited Crypto B five one three to kind of end it. I've got a message from him that he worked at an airport, and so I held a senior authority position as one of the facility directors at an airport for five years, and hosted many VIP and VVIP. The trackers are real time data, and yes, anyone can follow autos and motorcade break breaks away, if or when they do. Not all units do. Musk often rolls only one Jeep. Um, I think he's just joined. Hey, uh, Crypto B, how are you, man? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, man, yeah. So so can you elaborate on that message you've sent through? Um, if you would. And your I, thoughts on the matter? As I was coming up, the mic cut out. Could you repeat what you said? I was just reading out the message you sent me, so I'd love your take on, on exactly what you sent me as, on WhatsApp and the discussion so far. Yeah, discussion's great, as always. Uh, huge fan. Um, uh, the uh, As far as the airport, uh, VIP, VVIP, you'll get both in. We've hosted many, anything from, or anyone from. Uh, and and how, how hard is it to track the, 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 the private jets? It's not. It's not. But the, get, the, the Elon did tweet that the guy used private information to to track the jet, not just public information. But the guy is just a student, so I don't know what what information. How could he track the jets of so many uh, billionaires? Because he did Bill Gates and Bezos and others. They they're all trackable. There are airplanes are scrambled, or I can't say that permissions are granted, but. Uh, Certain tracking devices can be shut off and deactivated by pilot, co-pilot, uh, to where an aircraft could technically disappear off the radar. Um, and then when that, but, but I'm, uh, but I'm, but I'm sure like Elon would have tried to do that, no? And why he's still not? No, I don't. Been able to him, disappear. I, it's not. You're not supposed to deactivate your equipment. It's for tracking, and it's it's primarily it's device 
So there's a legal requirement to have that device to be able to, in case something happens to the airplane or goes missing, that legal device has to be there. I'm not sure if it's a black box or, or another device, you but it has to be there block. to track the airplane. Yeah, for tracking. Okay. Yeah, for actually. And, and then someone, someone finds a way to track that box and that's how they can track the jet. Cause I remember when we were covering, um, that's the FTX track. story. They're not tracking the black box itself. They're not tracking it. They're, they're tracking, uh, it, it is public data. Now, is it as the I transponder? Yes. Okay. It's one device. They, and they've got backup transponders and depending on the person, depending on the intention, depending on the class of the VIP or the VVIP, very important person or a very, very important person, as it it is cliched, um, they will send scramblers. They will send dummy planes. They will send dummy flights and even dummy vehicles and dummy motorcades. Uh, in Elon's sense, I can absolutely see him traveling solo whenever he's coming in with him and or his son, uh, significant other children. He would only he's he's the type that would only, in my opinion, if I were to. If I were to be called to duty to pull his motorcade, I'd say he'd want one car. He wouldn't want the attention. He would want the excess unless he needed it for additional family members or uh, luggage, whatever. Uh, so he very likely, in real time, you can track those planes. And it is actual and f- accurate and factual that you can. Now, it's private. Because the person tracking the plane and sharing the location of the plane doesn't own the plane or the rights to share the information for the plane, even though it is public data. It's trusted public data that is, for, for, for whatever reason, not privatized. And anyone on the stage or that can be brought up on the stage could answer the question differently or even similarly. Got so, no, I appreciate yeah. you. I appreciate you for sharing this. Uh, by the way, we've got a crypto lawyer just messaged me. He's going to be trying to join, so we can get this. Uh, yeah, uh, kind of end it with this. I appreciate it, bro. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're just as we wait for crypto lawyer, give him a few other, uh, you know, maybe another couple of minutes. Uh, we'll go to Piotr and Steven. Guys, um, what's your what's your final thoughts on this? Well, I, I think everything that Crypto B has said is is correct. Sorry for the background noise. It's um, um, but all good, all good, man. Yeah, so go as ahead. As I said, this flight, yeah. So flight radar is uh, is something that you can use to track public planes. You can use it to track uh, private planes, uh, particularly ones that are of notoriety and, and have a celebrity status. So uh, it's horrible what Musk is dealing with, but unfortunately, this kind of everything that Crypto B just said is is correct. Uh, I do agree with Ian on the last point he made, which was that this is now, now though, more of just a, uh, a sort of, uh, you know, left or right thing. It's a legal issue and, and the law doesn't care really about where you stand on the matter. Uh, and I think, but other than that, I do want to just point out that it was quite funny how Ian, you know, you, you, you wanted to get in on the point. And this, I'm not taking a stab at you, but you know, you want to have freedom of expression. And crypto lawyer was in the middle of something, and then you are. No, I don't. And, you, you, and then I'm going to jump you into the audience. Which no, wasn't when I necessarily speak, the... when I speak, I don't like it when other people speak over me. As simple as that. Well, he was speaking. I never about, made any he was statements about free speech you. absolutism. You have been, and you have been right. <laughs> What's the point? You, you, you also need to be. You also need to be fair to people who disagree with you. And if they're in the middle of the point, you let them I finish am. their points, and then I they am. finish. But you are quite hot on the mark. I, I appreciate your perspective, I, but I think you need to be, you know. Anyway, just just pointing that uh, out as an observation. Just as an noted. observation. 
Very good. All right. Anyway, uh, good space, all the same. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. I think DMs are perfect. Are a perfect place to have these conversations, and not in an on a stage with nine thousand people listening to an important you conversation. Should, uh, 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 if you're and, taking and, something and personal, re- take it to DMs. And I like everyone. Sh- everyone should DM each other like me and Tara DM each other. Always like complimenting yeah, each other every day. I'm, I'm being It's called positive affirmations, Mario. And I think we all need to hear that, especially when we're sitting here on a stage and we're getting, you know, torn apart for being up here and for using our voices constantly and getting treated poorly by others. It's important to, you know, give positive affirmations and, and thank Ian for his time. He works two jobs. Uh, it's a lot to juggle these spaces. And he also has an opinion and a, and a wonderful mind of his own. So, I mean, to come up and criticize him, yeah, I understand. But also thank him because I thank all of you, everyone, even the people I don't agree with for coming up here, sharing your voice. You know, it's not easy. And a lot of us have a lot of people who disagree with our opinions and that's okay too, but it can get really hateful sometimes. So, and I've seen it real time with Ian, with Mario, with several people up here that you've taken a lot of heat for just speaking your mind. And that's not the way it should be, but that's the way it is. So thank you. Thank you all. Thanks, Tara. It's hard Pretty to nice. hate you. It's too, yeah, exactly, but it's hard to, it's hard to hate Dara. Um, I, I do want to also thank the journalists that came on. Um, you know, they, they've gotten a lot of slack. I got a DM. Um, they've gotten a lot of slack, so, so a lot of respect for you guys. I'll go to um, Stephen. Final thoughts before we, we have uh, Catherine, Ian, and uh, Tara just wrapped it up. So we've got Catherine and Ian to wrap it up as well. Um, and we'll end the space if uh, CryptoLaw is, isn't able to join. Go ahead, uh, Steve. Thanks for joining, man. Yeah, certainly. Uh, thank you, Mario. In addition to the clear-cut legalities of this, I do think that the intentions of this whole debacle are very notable. So just like Elon Musk recently tweeted out uh, less than 20 minutes ago, the journalists were aware of the violent stalker and yet still doxed the real-time location of the family. Turns out that's a criminal offense. So right there, it really is really revealing of the intentions uh, behind the journalists that were suspended. Furthermore, I would just like to just very quickly read what Keith Oberman tweeted out uh, word for word right before he was suspended. He said, so here's the plan. Everybody RT the screenshot of the tweet that apparently got the account of uh, Drew, Drew Harrell of the Washington Post suspended and recreate a tweet word for word with that link and the link to Aaron Rupert's piece that got him permanently suspended. So knowing those guys knowing the general facts on the ground and the attack that happened, uh, this is just not only uh, goading and uh, ridiculing uh, Elon with, 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 with harmful intent. I mean, I don't know how else we could possibly take this. Right. So um, I think this, I, I, what I'm, my point is even legalities aside, I think the suspensions were appropriate uh, when you look at the in- intentions of all that was involved. Uh, Catherine, you've helped. You've done a lot to to organize the room. So first, I appreciate that. What's, what are your final thoughts on this? Well, my final thoughts. So I've tried to take a little bit of a more contrarian point of view, a little bit double down on things, um, because I think it is important to like challenge. Sometimes we find ourselves in silos because we support a particular thing, and I think it's important to challenge our points of views just because we like or support someone. And um, you know, one thing that I I I really a moment that I really enjoyed is like having these journalists that you know a lot of people in this room don't 
like or support or have these like pretty adversarial um, reactions to justified or not. And the fact that they were even able to or willing to step into the room, I really appreciate that. And I think being on the same stage and being willing to engage and I think people engaged in in good faith, maybe not so much in the DMs, but <laughs> but definitely at least the people on stage and being able to express, you know, whether it's their frustrations or, you know, debates and, and also express their points of view. I think we need more of that. And I I was really happy with that. And I think I hope we have more of that. So that's my thoughts. I think, Mario, I'm really glad that you did this space. And and I wasn't sure even, honestly, if if the journalists would uh, would be willing to do that. So it, in some ways, it, it surprised me in a positive way. And, you know, some of the people that I invited, I thought might be willing to engage in that way just because of what I know of them. They're a bit more, you know, honest players. Um, and some of them, I didn't know that they would be willing to do this. And so I was kind of encouraged by that. So yeah, we need more of this, not less. No, I agree. I agree. And I appreciate them all for coming on. Um, and I appreciate all the whistleblowers Absolutely. that have come on over the last few shows as well. We've had a lot of whistleblowers. Like last show, we had um, ex-FBI agents there. That was, that was really good. Uh, Ian, final thoughts on the discussion? Uh, fantastic stuff, as usual. Uh, definitely got a bit heated there. <laughs> I'm going to turn to Kamala to start laughing randomly. Uh, no, but for real, yeah, no, healthy discussion. A lot of it is moot now that we know it's illegal in California. And I just looked it up. Doxing is illegal in various extents in the states of Colorado, Kentucky, New York, New Jersey, Arizona, Michigan, Florida, Oklahoma, and a few other states uh, that have uh, some bills on the book on the books that are coming soon. So it's uh, I think it's a moot point, right? You're not supposed to dox. And it wouldn't surprise me if that website, uh, you know, got taken down eventually at some point in the near future, because uh, this stuff, we can call it public information, but it's only because the laws are not in the books yet, right? But they are in the books in several states, and uh, it's just a matter of time now. It's, it's, it's a moot point to call this a free speech issue. It's not. Clearly, it's not. It's a, it's a potential security risk. It's a health risk. And given the doxing and stalking and real-time threats that have been sent to Elon, not just Elon, but to Supreme Court justices and to lawyers and judges, uh, it's definitely a legal issue. It's not a free speech issue. There is no uh, value in, you know, disclosing the personal location of any individual like this in real time. None, none whatsoever. So to make the argument that it's okay to dox Elon because of the public personality, I mean, remember how Princess Diana died? She was being pursued in real time by a bunch of paparazzi and uh, they sped, you know, on the highway and they died, right? So it's clearly an issue, and I don't think any exceptions should be made just because somebody's big or popular or is a billionaire. Um, this applies to literally everybody. So, Godspeed uh, that you know the the lawyers and 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 the uh, legislators will uh, make this into a proper federal law. It, it's clearly a law in a lot of countries right now because they know that we live in real time surveillance. We live in Panopticon. So the idea that we can just pursue anybody that we choose is it's just it's 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 ridiculous, right? Has to end, has to stop. Doxing is illegal, period. Ed, anything to add? I just think this is the beginning of what's gonna be quite a roller coaster ride for Twitter. I think Elon has a lot of really good ideas and I'm sure he's gonna have some ideas that don't pan out and everybody's gonna get pissed off and everybody's gonna be like 
screwy line for this. I, I, I think, I think ultimately he wants to make Twitter better. Um, but I do think along the way, there's going to be some things that he does that people are going to just have to say, you know, he screwed up there. And I, I think that that can just be expected. Uh, I, I know he, he just made a post earlier today about how you're going to be able to, when you mute or block somebody, that's going to count as a downvote on their profile. So it's going to de-boost their authority on Twitter. So that's going to be interesting uh, to see how that works. I, I think, you know, it really needs to be thought out quite well if he really wants it to work because there's going to be people attacking other people to just try and de-boost them. But ultimately, I think we'll probably end up in a good spot. Um, that's my hope, at least. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of people DMing me about. Oh, and before, uh, go ahead, man. So one thing, yeah, there's one more thing. Uh, I, look, I just looked this up into it, whether there's any federal laws on the books. Apparently, there is. There is a federal cyber stalking law. It is 18 U.S. Code uh, 2261A uh, uh, parentheses two, and it is unlawful for any person to engage in a course of conduct through electronic communication that makes another individually uh, individual reasonably fear death or serious bodily harm to themselves or another, such as a pet or service animal. The behavior may also be illegal if it causes or could cause substantial emotional distress. A course of conduct means two or more acts suggesting that the individual has or will continue the behavior. So it is. Uh, you could argue that uh, cyber stalking, uh, to the extent that Elon has faced, is federally illegal. So, uh, him I, I think sometimes banning people forget. all this on the platform is fine. I, I think, think people fine. sometimes it's forget that, like, law. they don't care about like celebrities or you know or wealthy people being stalked. And I think there's sort of a dehumanization process going on there. But you know, I I, I don't care if somebody's a billionaire, millionaire, well, you know, super famous. It doesn't matter. It's still an individual, and they are entitled to their privacy. So, um, it, it is frustrating that people tend to diminish that. So I'm I'm glad that the laws, like I think that's really where we need to start is laws. So I'm glad Ian that that's that's where it's being addressed. I cool. I just. If I could just add one thing, um, you know, I myself, I'm not a celebrity, like I'm a journalist and I myself, I've experienced online harassment and actually being doxxed to the point where my home address was given out. And I literally had horrific incidences happen where creepy stalkers were driving up my driveway um, and my kids were playing outside in the front yard. And as a parent, it's like you don't want that feeling where you have this pit in your stomach and you feel like your heart stops for a second because you're afraid. Like, who is this person? Some creepy stalker coming up my driveway. Um, so it's one of those things where um, doxing can affect anyone, not just people with big backgrounds or, you know, big celebrity followings, anyone that's even just a journalist, you might get creepy stalkers or you might get uh, people who don't like you or don't like what you write in your articles or in your reports, throwing trash in your yard. And I've had, I've experienced that too after being doxxed. So I just wanted to add that from my own perspective as a journalist who has been doxxed and why I feel strongly against allowing doxing on social media. I appreciate you yeah. for sharing this. Yeah, so, so from my, uh, go ahead, uh, John. Hey, good. Just, uh, keep it short just to wrap it up. Yeah, Thanks for joining, man. Good morning from Vietnam, everybody. Um, look, you this, just doxed yourself. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is exactly what No, Twitter, that's not considered doxing. Yeah. Not no, doxing. I'm just joking. I'm just uh, joking. Just kidding. Uh, this is exactly what Twitter does. Twitter shined a light on the 
inappropriate or asynchronous application of the law. So I, I think that this is a case study for what Twitter does. These doxing laws are in place, and the issues around plane, plane tracking will, will evolve appropriately. So this is, a, this, is a, this is a case study for me, and I think it's all good news. Cool. Appreciate you for sharing this, man, uh, and I appreciate you for joining, John. Um, yeah, so, so from my end, I won't give my thoughts because I think um, all the other panelists covered both sides pretty well. Um, and, and I think all of them were pretty fair points. I, instead, uh, I want to take the, the last few seconds. You are muting me. Oh, can He's you... Yeah, yeah, we yeah, can hear you. Yeah, oh, okay, it's me. Yeah, I've just brought you down, Piotr, so you can hear me now. Uh, bring you back up. So yeah, so for my for my end, what I'm going to do, and I think something Catherine would would agree with, and I think other panelists would agree with, uh, is that I, I just want to don't want to take any credit for this space. I want to make sure the journalists get the credit, both journalists on both sides of the aisle, because um, you know as much as as we'd like to criticize them, I think what they do as well in holding others responsible, and there's a lot of good they do despite their biases, despite you know a lot of mistakes they make and intentional things they do that we don't agree with um i think the job that they do is um, is needed and they should get um the credit for um for jumping into the space and addressing the questions that we had so uh just want to thank them all catherine if you can message them all as well uh, send them my regards i'll message some of them as well um it was a great discussion i appreciate all of them joining in and discussing with others and i think they agreed on many points um, There wasn't that much that they disagreed on, if you haven't noticed. Like, I think all... Some mentioned that maybe they don't think it is. Um, it's it a worthwhile discussion. And I think the, the, the main point... I think there's good points on both sides of that argument. So it was a really good discussion. I think net-net, I'm pretty, pretty positive, And uh, I think it was a bit uh, blown out of proportion. When I first saw them banned and I found out it's for only for seven days, I didn't even think it's worth doing a space i thought i'll take the weekend off <laughs> but obviously obviously it became a much bigger issue about journalism in general and and censorship on twitter so here we are but uh, it was a great space appreciate you all for jumping in on saturday and tomorrow it's a pinned tweet on my profile and i think it's pinned above um after elon musk's tweets um the the, the big uh, space that everyone's waiting for about covid so it's gonna be tomorrow um, and it's gonna be a really tough one um, but uh, hopefully it goes well. But otherwise, thanks a lot, Catherine, Ian, for co-hosting and uh, all other panelists for jumping on. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Catherine. Absolutely. Thanks,